What's going on, boys and girls? We have yet another very special episode of Two White Lights. Due to the overwhelming support I have received from the first episode of the Johnny Candido Chronicles, I'm just going to give you guys the entire interview. Uh, a lot of people had to convince me to give you the entire episode because they just want to hear Johnny talk, and people really loved episode 69. <laughs> nice. Uh, with Johnny Candido. And they just wanted to hear more of them. And they wanted to hear the whole thing. So I'm not going to do what I was planning on doing. Break it up into four different episodes. I'm just going to give you the entire interview now. And if you haven't listened to the first part, listen to it. It's awesome. And that's where we got so much of that positive feedback. And it was really cool to see. Um, it was... You know, I this has happened before, but not to this scale. Um, the, the listens to it have been pretty pretty damn high for just three days. Because I released it on Friday, and this one's going to be Monday. So the, the listens are very high for it just being three days. And this episode is just as good, if not better, than the first episode we did. Uh, I, I had to ask Johnny in this episode, you know, who inspires him? Because the dude has inspired so many people in powerlifting, I had to know who his inspirations were. Uh, and we got into a real good conversation about that because he gave me some names you know, as he was starting and guys he is inspired by currently. And he gives me a lot of hot takes during this conversation. Interesting conversation because we talk about what it means to inspire people, what it means to be an inspiration, what's the difference between inspiring and just marveling over a person and just looking up to that person. There is there there is a bit of a difference, and because of that, we got into a steroid talk. Um, you know, some the word cheater was used a, a few times in that conversation, so real, real interesting stuff there. Also, we make fun of anime, which I always love doing. Um, whenever I make fun of anime, it's a delight, and I know 99.9% .9 of our listeners probably won't like hearing that, but I don't care. It's uh, It was awesome. And we also do word association, had to do that, uh, and that was also fantastic. We get into a lot of good riffs about you know Louis Simmons, Conjugate, USAPL, uh, a few other lifters thrown in there. So the word association was fantastic. And yeah, if you don't listen to this entire episode, you're not a true Two White Lights fan, and you're definitely not a true Johnny Candido fan. I'm just gonna say it. That's that's the reality of it. But uh, again, one this I'm not gonna say one of. This is the fav my favorite episode recording of Two White Lights. Um, talking to Johnny for you know three hours. It was over three hours because you know we were talking before and after the interview time flies when you're talking to that guy because it is always going to be an insightful interesting conversation so yeah we had uh, had to release a full episode but again before we get into the episode i got to talk to you guys about leftlar bros ladies and gentlemen go to leftlarbros.com uh, i was at midwest prime time over the weekend competing there they were one of the sponsors and people love leftlar bros uh i love their comp tees that probably right now is my favorite thing that they're selling I also enjoy those baseball tees. Probably my favorite thing just all time. I could wear those no matter what. It's the fall. I think that's baseball tee weather. Can't forget the fanny pack as well. 
you can get all those things if you use promo code 2WL10. And I almost forgot the exclusively sold on leftlarbros.com, the two white lights gym banners. You can get those all at leftlarbros.com. They also have tons of other merchandise. Use that promo code 2WL10. You will get 10% off. Also, go to rivalist.net. Use promo code Angelo15. And you can get yourself some informed choice supplements. Have that little green check mark, great for USA PLFers. Use that promo code Angelo15 and you will get 15% off of your order. Also, go to lift.net, get yourself some stoic gear. I only use stoic gear on the platform and in training. That's all I use. It's the only equipment I use. Get a discount on that if you use promo code Angelo10. You will get 10% off of your order. And go to twowhitelights.com and get yourself a Two White Lights t-shirt. We also have the Bama Club t-shirt as well. Only way to get those t-shirts is on twowhitelights.com. Remember, Leflar Bros has the banners. I got the t-shirts. So go to twowhitelights.com and get yourself a t-shirt. Also, subscribe on iTunes, leave a five-star rating and a review. And we're available on Spotify as well. So follow us there. You can listen to all Two White episodes on iTunes and Spotify. And without further ado, here it is, Johnny Candido Part 2. flip this interview on you but have you have you ever uh considered going low bar yet like what, what's oh, the yeah. deal there because I, I feel like the moment the moment i think you and john hack might be the two guys who i if john was open to now john may be just you know so good that he that he disregards it i think but he i think he tries to find uh numbers. i think he tries to find ways to make himself worse to in order to even the competitive field like it's like it's a handicap i'm gonna do conventional i'm going to do high bar just so you guys have a chance to beat me you know what this is actually a really good topic as it pertains to me is i do think the fact that i've always been among the top level guys and you know like every every local meet i'm gonna win in the nationals so yeah uh, as i was the junior 2014 national champion i'm saying um which was like a, <laughs> i was like a 14 like 40 total <laughs> but um, but um i actually think the fact that i've always looked up to these guys and i'm like right on the right near them but not like I, I never you know am just blowing anyone out the water it does in a lot of ways give me more permission to grow as i think that if you are someone who is on top already i do think it actually can hold back progress because now you really do feel like you're playing defense mm-hmm. whereas i think um so your your position is probably really good to where you could go like okay you know you could try a few things out oh, yeah. if you have a bad beat something it's like okay you know you don't you don't have to win nationals now um, especially now since it's going to be 2021. So it's like you could do this meet, you could just try some things out, and then you have the freedom to try a few more things. And I think that is a, a, a benefit to being right at this level where, mm-hmm. um, you know, and obviously you might really ascend to that top spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that that, like, because someone like Russ, it's like he can't, 
it's not that he can't, but it's like if he changes his his width a little bit, and then his next meet's going to be, mm-hmm. you know, he's got to win. It's going to be one of those situations. I think that can be a disadvantage. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. But have and, you tried the low bar? Yeah. What? what about well, it? oh yeah. So I I I think I said on a few podcasts. I'm definitely open to it. Um, me and Joe have toyed with the idea of it. I just wasn't going to be this prep through, but next uh, we we and it looks like we're going to have a lot of time. Um, yeah. in the meantime, so, oh yeah, absolutely. Like, um, it was something that I actually thought might've been, ha- might've happened sooner, but it was a uh, interesting thing of my, just my squat progressing so well through the quarantine that we were hitting some really good numbers. It's like, okay, this is, you know, roll with high bar. Um, but low bar can happen. I would give it like a 95% chance of me at least trying it. Yeah. Um, no, I definitely, yeah, I am not left. I can't imagine that it wouldn't play to some posterior chain strength. Oh yeah, even though you do that upright, obviously. But, but it like uh, that's because it was. It's a funny thing with uh, when I got coaching for the first time because like I think there was a perception that I do things because there was some sort of image attached to it, and I'm like, guys, no, I will switch up anything I have to do in order to progress and beat people. <laughs> I'm like, because because the big thing was the uh, was the squat shoes. That was the uh, that was yeah. the main thing. It's like, is he the number one question when I got coaching? Like, is he gonna make you deadlift with, without squat shoes? I'm like, probably. He's like, are you gonna do it? I'm like, yeah. yeah. If it works, which it probably will, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll change to it. Which, uh, by the way, I have you to thank for that. You were the guy who called who called out the uh, like, how does he deadlift with squat shoes? And <laughs> I got like uh, 300 followers in a week, so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, yeah, the, the initial clout yeah it's funny how like that is um it's funny how because exactly what you're saying where people initially anytime someone does something differently and is strong people definitely assume that there's a deep reason oh yeah so i've seen that so across the board and i think the more i think it is good for people who are listening you know to go to raw nationals go to these meets and just talk with you know top level lifters who are just chilling you know most mm-hmm. people you know talk to anyone obviously um and it's like you get a sense of like you realize oh these guys are just regular dudes mm-hmm. like he's just he's just doing his thing so it's like it's probably not for any super deep reason yeah so the one of the funniest moments i think i've had on two white lights was looking at yang su's face where he he asked me about the squat shoes and i said yeah. i didn't know that i shouldn't deadlift without squat shoes no one told me these things. Like no one, I just did it. I'm like, I, it's, it said power lift on the squat shoes. So I just thought that you, that's what you do in powerlifting. And his face of like, you're telling me that you got yourself to a plus 700 pound deadlift. One of the best deadlifts in 83 kg in the world. And not understanding that you shouldn't deadlift with squat shoes just based on pure ignorance and just pure, that's like dumb luck. Like, it, the the look on his face was just like, are you serious? It was it was a, it was one of the funniest moments ever, and that's that was such a funny year of getting like constantly fielding questions from people of like, why do you do with squat shoes? I'm like, hey guys, I don't know. I'm like, I'm scared to switch now because uh, my deadlift is like the at, at that, that time. That connects at, exactly what we talked about with the, the, dude. The, how much does that connect with what we talked about with like uh, hacking? The yeah. moment you're extremely good at something, then you become afraid because you start to play defense. Oh, oh yeah. And then I bet other lifters being really good at deadlifting then frees you to go, okay, let's try this. Yeah, <laughs> and that well, that was like, 
it's like if I lose my deadlift, guys, especially at that time, it's like yeah. I am nothing. <laughs> so I'm like I'm yeah. not I'm I'm decent, but like you know we're we're not we're not looking at uh, even a competitive potentially top twenty lifter. Like if I start lose if I just because now you look at the progress of people deadlifting over seven hundred eighty three, you're looking at I would say eight to nine in the USAPL mm-hmm. alone. So like if I just say if I stood stagnant at that seven hundred pound deadlift, then either my squat has to be incredibly increased or you know my bench, and yeah. you know when at, at at that time especially when I was like doing five forty to five fifty on my squat, needed a big deadlift to be competitive yeah. in any realm. So like that was the reason why because it was up until raw because I I feel now it's like it's ancient history. But it was only last year around nationals that I deadlifted in squat shoes. It was it wasn't that long. It, it wasn't that long ago that I did that. So, and I think that's the difference in in culture between lifters today versus the past is a lot of people now respect the opinion of anyone who has a good argument. Mm-hmm. So it's like you when you hear someone like when you when I bring it up, you don't go like, "Well, I deadlifted you." Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not like your first response. Whereas back, you know, ten years ago, that would be the first response. I think that that openness that anybody can be wrong, like anybody can prove, you know, video by anyone wrong, and if they have the best argument, even if they're, you know, Ian McCarthy or someone. Do you know Ian McCarthy? No. Oh man, <laughs> that's so weird. That's so weird to me because that's like I've, I've had that conversation with a few people legit do not know who that is and it's like that is such a cultural difference you know you really don't you don't no. you know if it fits your macros and he was basically the reason oh he was the he guy was really, i i credit to well, i i, I credit to uh nunez i'd say ian probably was honestly a bigger factor because what yeah, happened is it was it was hodge twins i'll, I'll keep this brief since this is not particularly fouting related <laughs> youtube history is that hodge twins basically were, were bro scientists initially phd bro scientists and basically, uh, Ian McCarthy uploaded a video on why the Hodge Twins should stop making videos. And it's like, <laughs> real, like, he's just a dick with it. But then he was, like, you know, saying these facts about how, you know, they, they don't, um, they eat clean, they don't focus on macros, they don't even look at any data, so they should stop making videos. And then the Hodge Twins responded to it. And what's funny is everybody responded against Ian because it was mm. obvious the Hodge Twins are, you know, the most popular and they're way more likable at that time. Um, and like, even like everybody, even Chris Jones, I think Matt Ogus responded to it. I he probably had a slightly more centrist view of it, but still you have to be on like the hot side. And the funny thing is over time, Ian won, he was just right Yeah. now. He's not, um, he's not popular you know, now. Not, I don't think he uploads now, but it, it was a really good, ex- and that's actually a good example. of someone who I relate to on some level. And I, I've talked to him and um, actually helped him with the squat technique randomly, <laughs> just from OG to OG on uh, the internet. But it's funny that it shows that you can really have an impact. But then it's all at the same time. It's all what have you done for me lately? Oh yeah. So it's like okay, you get. I mean, if if Ian didn't exist, I really don't know if macros would be as popular as they are now. Like it, it accelerated things in a level that's unbelievable. Because then after mm-hmm. that, then people went to Alberto, Eric Helms, um, and it, it transformed everything. Oh yeah. I mean, that's how I, that's, yeah, kind of how I got involved in it. But, yeah, that's actually a really good example. Because, uh, I mean, that, that kind of information gets passed around in powerlifting, too, is the, uh, what's the what's the logical fallacy? Uh, the, the appeal to authority or something? Yeah. The, yeah. And um, I, I'm sorry to, like, get, like, uh, I think it was Alexander Tocqueville. The uh, tyranny, tyranny of the majority. 
where you can be the only guy in the room with the right opinion, but just through sheer numbers, people will tell you that you're wrong, and you actually end up believing that you might be wrong because so many people told you that you're wrong, even though you were over overwhelmingly correct in that. That's um, that's a that's a little political science uh, information for you guys, but yeah, that can happen in powerlifting too. I mean, it's been so. I mean, if you look even just through all these other different training methods too, right? Like. Like, you have so many people appealing to conjugate method in order for, you know, people to make progress. And, like, you have to do these, these things. It's like, well, why should I listen? It's like, well, look at what Dave Hoff did. Like, okay. <laughs> it's, like, not really taking in other factors. Like, in it's it, that, can, that, that could happen a lot in powerlifting uh, where you, you get that. Um, I could have easily been a person to tell people that they should, people have deadlifted and squat shoes because I told them as a joke, they should do it. And they took me seriously. So I feel bad for that. And I told them not to. (laughs) So there has been a few examples where they didn't understand my sarcasm and they're like, dude, I'm doing squat shoes now. They're totally, they're so much better. I'm like, okay. I'm like, if you're saying that they're better, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. that's, That's a tricky part because obviously some of that, um, like just seeing your strength and it really it is weird where it's like that's actually a really funny thing it's like the what is the level that you let uh the placebo effect not take place like mm-hmm. if, if you like let's say you really do believe it, it's probably not helping them but they believe it and you know that them believing it will help them you just let that go <laughs> yeah i think you should most likely on something like that where it doesn't cost anything mm-hmm. but i do think just the fact that that lifters today are are like that across the board. I, as far as being open to talking, the fact that you like care about you know, whether your followers do that or mm-hmm. not um, is is really what matters the most. Because it's like the moment we all care about this lifting thing together, and then I always say we're in the James Naismith era of powerlifting, in my opinion, because we just have such few norms really established. Like we we really don't know if it, twenty years from now, if squatting four times a week will be the absolute norm rather than two times a week. Mm-hmm. Like, but we just don't know. So I think it's everybody learning and sharing together is critical. Yeah. And that's, that's why I think, you know, I, I think that's why Instagram has honestly taken off so much rather than YouTube, because Instagram just lets more people come in, just more data, really, if, if you can just take in somewhat of what people are doing. Mm-hmm. What I was going to say is that it's funny that what you said about YouTube seems to be totally true, where you said, like, nobody asks you to make a YouTube channel anymore, whereas they used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it seems like that is totally true where it's like, I've noticed that there are not many new powerlifting YouTube channels whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. I was for a while there. People told me to do YouTube, um, just not even through two white lights, just through like, Oh, do YouTube. That's where the money's at. And that's where people view the most. And like, since that, you know, like 2018, no one has really suggested that I do that. Kind of crazy, because that's, uh, that's how I got all of my, inf- not my powerlifting information, but that's how I got my information. Um, you know, I, I said on the show so many times, but 3DMJ and Lane Norton, like, if you're on talk about, like, uh, you know, fucking the, bring the circle back to if it fits your macros, like, that's the reason why I went on to YouTube, was to look for bodybuilding diet advice. And luckily, first video I watched was 3DMJ and not the stupid ass ones. <laughs> Yeah. and where they actually gave me some really good information that I could use and it was actually like it was actually to a point where I could use it in my own life that's not completely crazy and extreme it was pretty simple um, but yeah it was it's pretty funny that it, it kind of ties back to but let me ask you this though 
because we talked, you know, initially in the show that you've inspired so many powerlifters. Then who would you who would you look up to as far as inspiration goes in the sport? Man, that's good. Are we saying look up to currently or in the past? We can do both. Okay, or how, how about this? Or so in the past, it would obviously be people who make you want to lift weights and get onto that YouTube channel. So. Who who are those who who are the people you credit to for you know uh, that aspect? Okay, this is really this is an interesting. One. Okay, I'd say the two, but no, okay, the, the single biggest inspiration to me early on was Pat Mendez in his eight hundred pound squat mm-hmm. ATG beltless, and this is actually really interesting. Is I've I've had this conversation with um, Dawson, the strong lifter, uh, who I respect, and in he's basically saying, he's like, well, you can't deny, you know, like Louie and Westside influenced powerlifting, you know, to where it is today to some extent. Yeah. And, and my answer to that is I don't believe it. At least for me, I don't, if Westside was still popular, I literally would not be in powerlifting. Like it, it was very clear to me. Like I'm interested in strength first, then gradually going from there until then you start accepting bench arches <laughs> slowly. <laughs> things like that. But I would say Pat Mendez, Eric Spoto, to some extent, because the biggest motivation for me was the fact that Google results have millions of results for these basic lists. So to me, it's like, then when you see a few people get a lot of views, you're like, well, okay, so this is possible. Clearly the gap needs to be bridged. Now, the one thing that I can't say explicitly is there are some people who still upload YouTube videos today. They motivated me because their videos were not that good. And it's like, that is a really Mm -hmm. big thing to me. It's like, I'm very much like, okay, what, what's needed. And then if I can fill the gaps, then boom, I'm going to you know go in that gap. Um, but as far as inspirations for lifting in general, it would definitely be my dad. Like that's, that's the thing that really was the biggest advantage for me is like, I was on a periodized program when I was 12. I mean, really, I didn't need a periodized program to be honest. <laughs> I mean, very clearly. Um, but it's like the funniest thing. And th- this is something that sounds so ridiculous now is I remember explicitly thinking as a kid, when I was 12 to 14 thinking, when my dad dies, how am I going to get my program? Like literally, like, that was a top thought in my head. Like when my dad dies, I don't know what I'm going to do in the gym. <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know I would be the one making the programs. But it's funny how like that was a real worry, like a, a kind of dreadful thought like, for that reason. Um, and then what's actually helped me a lot now is him again in a lot of ways because his bench peak was when he was 44. That's when he benched like uh, 460 and just in the gym, like he was never proud to. What's funny is like, I see some people, I have some friends who really think that a lot of juniors burn out because that's just, you don't barely have any progress after like 25. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's just bullshit. I just don't yeah. believe that at all. I think that's just, I, I think the fact that so many people believe that and a lot of those guys then go on steroids who do believe that, like a few of them I've talked to, it's like, that's just, that's such a problem that shows that there's something really wrong then with the programming norms. If that's what's happening here, because to me, it's, it's very obvious that the actual peak is much later. And uh, I think I'm living through it now where I'm like, damn, I'm making better progress at 28. than you know, I did at 24 uh, Mm -hmm. very clearly. Um, so yeah, I, I would definitely say my father the most. And like, that's how it really gave me a huge leg up because I knew about like Russian sources and periodization and the basics and all of that extremely early on to where it's like, to me, it's, it, 
it, it just let me focus on other things. Cause I knew that like my mom knows about periodization and all that. Like it's just a given in our family. <laughs> and I think that really, really helps. Um, and then other than that, um, as far as powders today, and that's a, that's a really, that's a really interesting question. Cause I, oddly enough, I think I did used to look up to lifters more in 2015. Like I used to really look up to like hack and Gibbs and, uh, and all that. I, I would say, I would probably say Sean Noriega's progress, particularly like 2016 to 2017. There was a year where he just made unbelievable progress and it was right around the time where I was making no gains. I remember that, that to me is really motivating. And actually, you know what? I have the number one. I, I can't believe, I can't believe I, I forgot it. The number one motivation for me personally and inspiration is Taylor Atwood by far because Taylor Atwood, it, that's applicable to me now because Taylor Atwood from exactly my age to like 32, I forget where, uh, I forget how old he is now, but uh, let's right say where his peak run was. Cause you know, now he kind of has to rebuild a little bit due to the groin injury. He made a run that was exactly the same time frame I'm in now. And like, to me, I look at precedents like that as the playbook mm-hmm. and from like 27 to 32, he added like 300 pounds on his total as a set of staying the same body weight. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember that. And, and that, so that to me still inspires me and, and he still inspires me a lot. He's so consistent. He makes progress. I mean, you could, I think you can see the similarities where it's like, he always goes nine for nine. He's always in mm-hmm. pocket. He actually talking to him. He, I don't think he does just general RPE work as much as people think. Cause I, I think he actually runs a decent amount of percentages. I think the strength guys do in general, which I found interesting. Like he doesn't do singles year round, which I, I thought was surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a guy like that, I think there are more similarities to where we're a little bit more. We, I think we'd like things to be a little bit more defined, a little bit less um, open-ended in certain ways. And that is my biggest inspiration now for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty good list there. And like, I could admit I could, it's, I can imagine as you are in the sport for such a long time and accomplish so much in the sport that the list is going to get smaller just because the, it's one of those things that if you've been there, done that, like it's hard to find mm-hmm. continued sources of motivation. But yeah, those, those choices yeah. there. Um, you know, yeah, I, will, I will say that I'll say really quickly is that to me, as far as inspiration goes, when someone uses steroids, I do not find them inspiring to me. Like, and I don't know that that might be different. Like I, I really do. And a lot of the guys I looked up to in that 2015 range now are untested and I find them very impressive, but I, I never see someone PR on that side and think, well, now I can PR. I should expect more myself. When I see Taylor, Atwood PR, I think I better get on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's, I guess the, uh, the difference between inspiration and just people you look up to yeah. or just marvel over because yeah, I, I could sit. Because I, I consider Hack to be my favorite lifter. He is my favorite lifter. Uh, and that's because he's just incredible, right? I mean, it's just like that's really the, the only thing. It's like how you like a professional athlete. He's incredible. Yeah. He does – the things that he's been doing, that he continues to do, what I see in the so gym. So would you say I he's see. inspiring to you? Yeah, exactly. So, like, that's a change. So, yeah, like, inspiring, no, it would be other – it would be people, you yeah. know, within my realm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like – I guess, I mean, even if I inspire to be hack, I'm never like, really? <laughs> like, I don't think I'm going to, like, I could always inspire to be hack, I guess, but I just don't think I can do that. Um, I, I just, 
what we like what you said when you see Atwood, like yeah, that makes you know perfect sense to me. It's mm-hmm. it, it, it's someone that you can say like okay, I, I I could reach, I could understand what they're what they're doing right now, right? They're not exactly yeah. so far above, and they're just they're they're doing the same thing as you are. You know what I mean? They're going yeah. through the same program, the periodization as you are. So there's there's no reason not to inspire to be them. You know what I mean? I would. Right. And I, I think I think what I was gonna say real quick is I think even uh, even the temperament's similar because when I was talking to Taylor, like I I'm, I'm a very opinionated person, and I was talking because I was talking to Taylor. I'm like, look, there's some coaches that people universally respect. I think they would not think that I'm as critical of them as I am in private where I'm like, if I see a coach who's known as being intelligent, like influential and says the right things and and everybody in the community supports them. But if they're making zero gains and they're in an age range where they probably should make gains Mm -hmm. and and they care enough, let's say I I look at that and I, I see something deeply wrong with that where I'm like, no, you're not figuring it out. Like I, I think there is a responsibility to demonstrate your knowledge. And yeah. I was talking to Taylor about that, where I was like, if I didn't come back, I would think less of myself. I, and I, maybe that's unhealthy, but I think that if I believe I'm smart and I believe I'm informed on this and I don't believe my injury was particularly severe. I was not in a car crash. I better come back or else I may not know as much as I think I know. Mm-hmm. And now and looking back, it was very true. I, yeah. I, there are a lot of things I realized, okay, no, that's kind of bullshit. You know, we're learning here. And kind of the whole community, I think, learned about pain science actually at around that same time. Um, I think that wave kind of took off. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so when talking to Abwood about that, I can tell he's very similar. Like he was totally like, yeah, you know, because we're talking about some other people who maybe, you know, we would like to see come back to show they know what to do. Mm-hmm. That they know how to put it together. Because the thing is, like, if you're a moderately smart person and you're well-spoken, you can create an argument for anything. And it's very easy, especially if you're good at editing. Like you can argue, I could just make bullshit videos all day about like, I should do this because this reason, this reason, this mechanistic reason, blah, blah, blah. And you just have to actually prove it. You have to actually, after you do it, then follow up on it and then show, okay, I'm actually going to squat 628 or 633 next week. And I'm not going to miss. And I can say it very confidently. It's going to, maybe I'll put bad energy on it. (laughs) But like, if I do miss then it's like, okay, now there's something really on the line. And um, yeah, I think Taylor really gets that. And I don't think Taylor projects himself to be this super smart guy, mm-hmm. but he obviously is very smart. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing I respect. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting take on it. Cause I think, yeah, it's a unique view on it because I think people just uh, would often refer to the people that, um, that are strong, you know, just have a big total, right? Like yeah. who, who isn't going to be, who isn't going to look up to Ed Cohen? Right, like of course. Well, see, the thing, I, see, I kind of know people on opposite. See, this may be a, again a cultural thing where I actually know a lot of people who look up to people are who aren't strong and who are totally science based, mm-hmm. very skeptical, oh, yeah. and talk about biases a lot. So it's like I, I actually think there's a lot of. Now, I, I do know a few who who say like uh, Ed Cohen said to do this. So they, and mm-hmm. they just kind of like take it as gospel without contextualizing yeah but i do know a lot of people who because that's more my point is it's not that taylor atwood's that uh it's not really taylor atwood versus other strong guys it's more taylor atwood versus influential science guys who make correct arguments and don't make progress and then i've even been in conversations like with with other youtubers and stuff saying like look this guy hasn't progressed you know for five years or three years and they'll 
it's like, we'll argue and they'll go, well, he clearly just doesn't care about that much. He's more into business now. And I'm like, I just don't believe that. First mm-hmm. of all, I think everybody who's in powerlifting wants to add weight to the bar. Mm-hmm. That is the main goal. And I, I, I really do resent it when people act as if some people are above that. It's like, no, we all have the same, the same standard. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. Like if I didn't add weight to my squat or, or add weight to my total, like I would be falling off probably. It's mm-hmm. like, it just is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I love that. Like I embrace it. Um, so yeah, I, I think that Atwood is a good example. People wanted him to fall off. Yeah. And they, they were looking forward to it. And I, I've been in so many conversations from people acting like he's going to fall. And, and, you know, I know your, your coach is coaching, you know, obviously the guy <laughs> looking to knock him off. But I tell people, I'm like, look at the open parallel thing. It's not even close. It's really not even close. <laughs> and I'd like, I'd emphasize that so much. And then what's funny is then at, finally they reach a point where I've had people who say like, look, I just want I would lose. Yeah. And then eventually they realize, like, no, okay, yeah, I guess Atwood's the more likable one. <laughs> and I, I kind of, there's something so, like, glorious about that, about people wanting someone to fail, even though that's kind of the opposite of my situation. Yeah. It's like everyone's always seen me as a good guy, which, you know, I appreciate a lot. But there's something cool about the guy who they, they're waiting to knock off. They're waiting for Ray, Ray Williams to fumble again and then get passed up. Mm-hmm. There's something so cool about a guy like that just retaining where he's at in, mm-hmm. in showing that he's just smarter yeah. and, and plays his. I mean, if you want to, t- I mean, if you want to talk about the 74s too, I mean, like when you look at Atwood, but then you look at the comparison to the others that people are trying to catch them, they're going through the same shit that he was going through, but at a younger right. age, you know what I mean? Right. Like, cause when you look at, cause this around this time last year, talk of the town of the USAPL IPF, you know, was the 74 KG, battle going on right. if there's a person who could de- yeah yeah quote, yeah because i mean i was if you listen to two white lights podcasts like around this time i was being probably more obnoxious uh more a uh, little bit more sarcastic about it because i was like i'm like serious like wait are we even having this conversation like yeah. the best like the best lifter in the ipf overall the best lifter in the ipf is going to get dethroned by you know a few, like uh, a couple of juniors. I'm like, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm like, t- within time, they could be amazing. But when you look at some of the other guys now in the 74, if you look at their training, it's like, I think they're going to have to come back through either some injuries, some bad performances, right. and then see if they can do it where Atwood has been there, done that. Like, he's right. done it, and he's still the guy to beat. So, yeah, there's there's nothing but, like, just an absolute respect for a guy like that. You can't really – you can't really knock him. If you don't like him personally, which he doesn't put enough out there to not like him personally, I don't think. I like him personally. I don't like, – I, 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 I never talked to him. So, like, he seems like a good dude. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I can't really – but, like, yeah, I could to- – I think people want to see that with everyone, you know? Yeah. People want to see that with Russ. People definitely want to see that with Russ. Mm-hmm. Like, I – like I, the people want to see him fall off. People want to see him fumble, and and really, he for three years he's really dominated. So he could be a, he could be in the same discussion for a guy like that. But pretty interesting uh, take on it. Yeah, and I think when the thing is when you talked about experience is that it's so context specific. It's like until you get used to the fall off and the comeback, there were certain things coming back that I learned that I would have never known. And I'm, I'm really grateful that I know it now where I would have never known that it'd be so hard to squat 500 pounds again. 
if you take a few months off squatting. I, I took probably like four to seven months off squatting because I just could not figure out the back thing. thing. Mm-hmm. And I would have never believed that there would be days where I just could not squat for 95 at all. I, I would like, I had the video where I missed 455 just for mm-hmm. one, just missed it. And just like, I don't even know how to, like, it was really surreal to me. I'm like, I don't even know how to react to this. This is so low and ridiculous that I'm like, I don't even know if I'm upset about this because it's just like, this is just crazy. It's like, I'm living in a nightmare. <laughs> so I guess I'm upset about it. It's like the twilight zone right now where I'm like, I, I can't even believe this is real in that when I, when I tried to come back from injury, I tried to linear linearly progress fives, just like starting strength style. And I remember like the third workout, I'm like, this is moving so hard. I just can't do it. Like I just actually can't just add five pounds each workout or each mm-hmm. week. So until you get to that position, I think it's very hard to learn. it. It's like, you really do have to learn through it. And then when you learn it now, I think if I actually had another injury like that, it'd be very easy to come back from. Yeah. I think that's what Taylor Atwood's main advantage is now. It's like, now, you know, cause there was a time also when I was hurt, where I was running still deadlift variation waves, like how I normally did at the time and do still like pause out plays this wave, that wave. But I do, I even did something like deficit sumo, which you know, now that's just absolutely unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, when I was doing that and I was hoping that it would translate. And then when you find out it doesn't transfer at all, because you actually, you're not even, the ratios aren't even the same. It's like, it's like with Jesse Norris. If he tried to come back, a lot of people go, Oh, he doesn't need to do singles because this has always worked for him. It's like, well, it works for you if you're two months away from your last single. Mm-hmm. Like if you pull 821 and then now you're doing 12s with 495, that can work if you did that two months ago. If you've done 821 six years ago or three years ago, it's like now the ratio, you might be able to pull 495 for 12 just as well. Yeah. And then pull straight up, you might struggle with 711. Like yeah. it, it can get crazy. And I think that, that actually is what I experienced where my reps with like high bar squat, like I think I rep 315 for 20 or something. And I swear to God, I could barely, barely squat like 405 for two. Mm-hmm. It was like, it was ridiculous. And, and there was another one where I squat 440 high bar for 10. And I could not squat 525 for one. I missed it. Just flat. I tried it and I missed it. And I remember just being like, damn. Yeah. Like it just, it, you don't learn it until you go through it. Yeah. I, you know what? Like, I, cause I, I brought this up a few times on the podcast before, but this talk, this conversation, and then makes me think of a person who was probably my biggest inspiration in the sport. And that was Mason Capney. You yeah. know Mason, right? Like, and I and I and I try not to bring it up because I have no idea what's going on with him. Like, I, like mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, but that's one thing. Like, if 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 it is an injury holding him back, and he comes back from it, like, dude, like that would be that would be incredible to see. That would be such a great thing to see. And the poten- I mean, the potential is definitely there. I mean, that guy, like, that was seriously one of the first people I, like, really marveled over, but then was just, like, so in tune to, like, watching their videos. I'm like, it, it doesn't seem like he misses. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it was possible for him to miss. So, yeah. it'll, it'll be great to see that comeback, but, you know, like, with what, what you said about yourself and Taylor Atwood, it'll be cool if I could see the same thing with, if, with Mason. Because uh, it's like because like the powerlifting world is almost forgetting about it, and it's just like Man, that's how, that's how I feel about Josh Hancock. Do you remember Josh Hancock at all? Or was that when did he compete? 
Oh, I don't. Know. Sorry, just, that hurts. That hurts my. That it's just like it's crazy, man. Because you that would be like if you brought up Mason to some other guy and they don't even know him. Where you're like, oh man, he's gone. Like it feels like a second death of that person. Yeah. Because Josh Hancock was the one. He he had the squat world record as a 74 junior, and okay. he squatted like 573. I mean, it's still oh, a very so, good yeah, lift so balance. great. That's so great lift. Yeah. Right, and and then basically then he got a back injury. And he actually trained with me when he had his back injury and he's starting to do a little bit worse. Um, he's starting to like feel pain and stuff during our workout even. And he basically totally fell off and then like very similar to Mason. Um, and then he started coming back mm-hmm. and, and he did to his credit, by the way, he like went to law school. So overall successful. Um, but then he started to come back and he totaled like exactly what I totaled my first um, one of my comeback meets. So he totaled something I forget what it was, something around the 1400s or something like that. But then I think he stopped. I think, I think Corona might've actually killed some of those guys progress who are like right on that edge. Yeah. It's just sad. It's just like, but I I think I, I personally always hold out hope because I think a lot of people, a lot of people want to feel superior to people like that, but it's like, man, you you never know who's going to pull out of it. Mm -hmm. You know? And, And they do. I like, I remember, I, I remember when I was like snapped up, I remember, like there are a few moments where you could tell someone like has a little jab, um, mm-hmm. and all that, and it's like you just you never forget it when someone knocks you while you're down just a little bit, yeah, just a little, and yeah, it's, but it, it's I do think one of the differences between people is some people are lifters first and then powerlifters second. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm personally a lifter first and then a powerlifter. Okay, I think if you're a powerlifter, I think this strikes me as maybe possible with Mason. I if I'm wrong, I hope I'm wrong, is if he was a powerlifter first, and that was like the reason was competitive first, mm-hmm. then I think guys like that, it's a lot harder to stick with it. Because if you don't just like lifting, like I'm going to be lifting no matter what for the rest of my life. That's a given. So eventually you're going to feel pretty good. Like <laughs> like back pain's never going to last for the your rest of your life, you know? Yeah, interesting. Yeah, lifter first mentality too is a pretty interesting sort of way. Because so like I, juniors, I, I, I think, I think with juniors, especially some, since they're younger, it's like, they might not have that lifter culture to them where it's like, look, you're going to lift for the next 20 years, regardless. Like it, it's, mm-hmm. it's in my blood. Like my dad was lifting when he was, my dad was lifting bricks when he was poor. He grew up poor. He's literally lifting bricks just in the backyard where it's like, it's just like, this is what we do. Yeah. Well, that's, cause I just had to have that like, like little realization with myself, like in that little 30 seconds, like, huh, what's, what I consider myself. And you know, <laughs> it's like. Yeah, it's like what what do you be a lifter first or you know power lifter first? I think I was so in in go, involved in lifting weights for such a long, but at the same time, I always had the squat bench deadlift, or at least in high school, a squat bench um, power clean, like yeah. in that back pocket. Always that it would do is always like progressing towards something, and even when I didn't do powerlifting stuff, I was super into bodybuilding or like just working out in general. Um, I still, you know, had to do squat bench and deadlifts. Like yeah. it was just I think the was, best question is when, when you're 50, will you be lifting? Yeah, that's like, for sure. yeah. If, and if it's for sure, I, I would say then you're a lifter first. Cause yeah. then like, let's say every federation just crumbles, which is possible. Yeah. <laughs> um, like if you're for sure, cause for me, it's like, of course, like you, you could not pay me to not lift because again, like the health benefits and things like that, generally the mental mm-hmm. health benefits, the physical health benefits, uh, longevity, avoiding, I believe it helps with a lot of even brain diseases, things like that. Just all of those factors to me are just 
it's such a given. It's like, of course, I, I wouldn't want to be rich and be never work out like where you just feel like shit all day. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. So speaking of, you know, getting get, getting into older age here, what this is going to be a really interesting question to ask you, at least from my opinion, because I ask this to, you know, pretty much every guest who comes on the show. What would you like your legacy in the sport to be? You already explained. You already explained it. But you're one of those people that have already kind of built a legacy, where if you stop lifting tomorrow, there's going to be remin- there's going to be some remains of Johnny Candido in the sport of powerlifting. There will be, um, and like it, it's cool having these conversations where people realize that they have actually accomplished like some of their legacy, if not all of their legacy. Like when they start talking about well, it, not all, not well, all. Yeah, but sure. so so <laughs> like when you're going deeper into the sport, like like we can even go into like even a future talk. What do you want to accomplish in the future? But all, like, but the encompassing, what would you want to be known for? Uh, yeah, those two might be different, might be same. Okay, for me, it's very clear. For me, what I'm interested in is creative work. Mm-hmm. I definitely, and that's what I, I'm as excited about that in the future as I am, you know, lifting and what I've done is to me, I really, I mean, I'm, I'm interested in really anything creative, uh, that's, that's visual, that's modern. Like I'm, um, yeah, I'm, I'm somewhat interested in, in like religious painting stuff just a little bit, but not like that, that deep into, mm-hmm. um, but what I'm super interested in is things like short films, um, graphic design. Uh, like, I mean, I've downloaded, I, I downloaded, a. a 8k resolution which is completely unnecessary <laughs> canvas pack and what's funny is they're all the same color so it's literally it's like 12 canvas textures that are all the same color and just the 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 like textures very slightly different <laughs> and, it, and it kind of bothers me because then when i have that i'm like so which one should i use and then i pick one and i change the color i'm like wait a second <laughs> so to me personally it's very clear that i want to create more things before powerlifting and, and I want to do things creatively that you'd say nobody else maybe would have that vision for it. Like I, I, I've, I've said this even to uh, Jeff Nippert, actually, as so I said, like, actually both of us have a very similar goal is he wants to make a short film at some point. And I was like, I want to make a short film on Ray Williams. If yeah. you could, especially if you could squat like 500 kilograms. And if I could do basically somewhat similar to like what West side did, um, the West side Netflix film did yeah. for West side itself before an actual, you know, person squat into depth. Um, <laughs> and so if not, now, if it's not in the time frame for Ray, since obviously it's a little bit of a tighter time frame, and I don't know, like, I would probably have to convert to that mode by the time I'm 31, if I was really going to do that um, for his window. Um, so maybe, maybe that would be too immediate, but something very similar to that. And honestly, I would love to work for the rest of my life with powerlifting on some level, either as an announcer or with the media team mm-hmm. and really hopefully I could have ideas that are realized. And obviously that always depends on how open institution is. But to me, I like, I, I have so many ideas. It's ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. it actually, it does become very frustrating because I definitely have way more ideas than I can execute, mm-hmm. especially even for my own YouTube channel. Um, so overall, I would say that's the main thing is probably the main thing I'd want to be remembered for is the free programs because I think that's helped the most people objectively. But the main thing I want to work on moving forward and establish the legacy in the future is the creative work. Because like, I, I'm an extremely detail-oriented person. Like I've, 
I have like 70 different bass sounds on my computer and stuff like that. <laughs> like stuff where you just like, you know, it does, it truly does not matter. Like it will not make a difference in the views, but the moment it's done just perfectly, we have like seven layered sounds. You're like, Ooh, that sounds just perfect for that one thing. Uh, that's, that's something I, I can't even hold myself back from doing. Mm-hmm. Even if it doesn't make financial sense, which, you know, everybody who's on YouTube knows you know, YouTube money is not really like, per hour it's pretty much never actually worth it <laughs> even though like other things are worth it off of it yeah and yeah. i'm I, I will be rooting for you for that to happen because something like a west side first the world film for you know the other realm of powerlifting you know the the, the raw drug tested yeah. venue that would be so cool that would yeah. be just so awesome to see i mean i think i still think time has to go by just a little bit you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, cause once, you, like, if you make a movie about something or a short film or something like that, and the history isn't written yet, it's like, cause it's still, yeah. I, I would, I, I would still qualify we're all powerlifting in its infancy, just a bit. Well, what do you think about the? Well, no, I guess you're actually all right because the Bolt documentary. Um, have you seen that? No. Well, hold Bolt? on. So the, the you're talking about the Usain Bolt documentary, right? Yeah. Okay, so I'm familiar with the guy who directed the movie, because that yeah. guy is like super. He, he just really documents really amazing people and awesome people where I would say, I would say Usain Bolt has like this, like, or a lot of those athletes, like you could even say LeBron James for that example. They have so much going on and so much of a legacy already built up that, yeah. you know, it's there. It's like, it's, yeah, it's see, that's what I was thinking is that by the time it actually came out, he might've just retired. So I think you, you are right. Cause I, I thought it was during it, but it was released right after and man, the way it was done was so good. Like they showed him reacting in real time, like in his hotel. And like, I forget if it was in Beijing or London, reacting to Justin Gatlin talking about how he's fallen off or something like mm-hmm. that, um, how Bolt has. I think those real time moments are super cool. And then I do think there's certain, there's certain decisions that you see not a lot of people, it's not intuitive to a lot of people. Like there's certain vlogs where you just see someone upload where they're saying something where you're like, there's no way you're actually considering how this is coming off like you're not you're you're not thinking from the perspective of the viewer mm-hmm. whereas i think if you really just think about what the viewer wants or how they feel i think then you could do things like where i mean man i would love to hear ray williams like ray williams uh i'm assuming ray williams dad's like still alive and well and everything mm-hmm. i don't know his family too well but it's like there's so many perspectives that that i think in powerlifting have not been done where it's like you talk to their family you talk to this dynamic um on some level, Calgary Barbells, the powerlifter, was, was uh, pretty similar. I, I think the only thing is, I think someone, there are some people with spicier lives in, in the end of the day. Right? Yeah. And that's, I think it's, it's probably a worse thing to have a spicier life. So that's not, <laughs> that's not like a knock. But I think there are stories within powerlifting where, you, where I think you could really tell something dynamic. Um, and yeah, man, I, I personally, I just love the very technical, like, like I'll go, I have some edits where it's literally like frame by frame, like rotoscoping something where you, like, if, if people saw it, they'd just go like, why did you just take, I mean, some of it's like, it might take like eight hours to just do that. And then one I have not used yet. And I've mm-hmm. had it for like seven months and it's like a little Uzi cover on an astronaut video. And it's like textured and it's like perfectly like rotating with it. And I'm like, I, and I am going to hire a guy to do a voiceover 
uh, like on Fiverr for like 30 bucks. So it was super cheap. Mm-hmm. But it's like, he has a perfect voice for it. So I have in my favorites. And I like, I have yet, I think I'm going to use that for a 1700 video. And then it's like, the point was it's Corona themed because it's like astronaut yeah. style. And then I have like Trump talking or something. <laughs> and it's like, you're isolated. Like, yeah, it's like, I have a, it's just so funny where it's like, I just wish I could just hit the accelerate button and do it. Cause it's like, I have, I literally have like five to 10 skits in my head. That I'm just like, I don't know if I actually can get it, get it out in time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. Well, I just, I think I really like conversing with people who have that sort of mindset. You know what I mean? Like, because, yeah. I mean, when you're in powerlifting, you're talking about, you know, what some people would consider a pseudo sport, a uh, small sport, but you're just, like, when people start expressing their creativity along with the sport, it's like, that's how it, that, that's how it grows. That's how yeah. it, it's done. And I, I, and, I've seen that so much with people I've had on the show of like all these ideas that they have and like them putting into work. It's just, it's awesome. It's exciting to see. It's really, especially with those ideas, like, man, cause when you look at, cause I, I think you're, you're a sports fan, obviously, and I'm a sports fan. And then when you get the stories of sports, yeah. like pe- getting different perspectives from people of things that happened, like, again, I don't think powerlifting is at that point where you could have that. It's going to take a long time, but, you know, when you look at the, like, the Last Dance documentary, it works yeah, so yeah. well yeah. because all the guys on the documentary, so much time has passed that they could talk a bunch, all the shit that they want. <laughs> and they don't have, like, these charities or, like, these PR teams for them. It's like, no, 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 you can't say that. It's like, you guys are in your 50s and almost 60s now. Let loose. No one cares about all the shit that you say. And you see, you know, like the real time reacting, like to Michael Jordan seeing Gary yeah. Payton talk and Isaiah Thomas talk, was <laughs> the greatest. Like he really just said that shit. All right, it, it, that's why those documentaries work so well. So, but like the 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 thing is, we have a seed. You know what I mean? Like powerlifting yeah. has that seed. It's yeah. up to certain people to realize that we can definitely water it, and it could be something huge. Yeah, like yeah I totally think so. I mean, there, to get specific on that, like something that is interesting is uh, the part I cut from my Ray Williams interview is that he really uh, likes Kelly Branton still, and he's still family mm-hmm. friends with him and, and all that. And it's like really close, really tight. So he has no problem with the fact that Kelly Branton took Winstrel and D-Ball to try to beat him. Yeah. And I'm like, that is one of those good examples where I'm like, I wonder if that opinion changes over time. <laughs> like, yeah. I wonder if, if 10 years from now, it's like, look, I was the first to squat 1,000 pounds, and so many people tried to do some bullshit to take my spot. And they, they had no chance. Like, they really didn't. They couldn't. And then, and, I mean, I do think that, actually, this is how, how um, this relates a lot to how I personally feel a lot of times when, when putting out content, is I think that there is – there is a, a zone where you feel almost potentially embarrassed because you're not sure how people are going to receive something. I think sometimes people um, purposely avoid. I think it is easier to, as, as time passes on, it's easier to get into that zone. But like a good example is like with the Ed Cone thing. It's like so many people are afraid to say, like personally, I don't consider Ed Cone to be the greatest pilot of all time. I consider him to be a cheater who is the strongest, most impressive lifter of all time, but he's a cheater. I mean, I believe that. And I, there's no amount of social pressure. That, trust me, this is incredibly – nobody relates to me on this. Oh, <laughs> no, no. Like, because that alone will get you some definite, definite arguments and probably some right. insults. Right. It's like I, I think he's a good guy, but here's my issue. Here's my issue. What justification for that is not applicable to someone like Jose Castillo? 
who everybody universally accepts is a cheater, and mm. Greg Gibbs while on steroids. This is like oh, 2014. Okay. All <laughs> right. Oh, man. Yeah, this is funny. I'm aging myself. His name's Jose Castillo, and he lifts for Ecuador. And when he tested, here's a perfect example. Is Lane Norton called him an asshole, basically, mm-hmm. um, because he tested positive, and he beat Brett Gibbs, and then it got revoked, so Brett Gibbs won retroactively. In Ecuador, to my knowledge, there's only IPF. So for Lane to call him an asshole, which, by the way, I, I, this is just a difference of opinion. You know, I, I really like Lane. And personally, we're friends. He actually linked me research recently um, that I'm going to use for my next video. But Lane called him an asshole, and then Lane's good friends with Ed Cohen. So a lot of people say, well, it's different because the times were different. Wait, well, I, is it not different? Yeah, is would, Ecuador not different? Like, how do we know that? How do we really know? It's the t- so the times were different, and that's fine. But some of these nations only have IPF. And I don't think anybody would believe it if we said, well, that's just how their country operates. So I, I think there's a, there's a certain amount of wiggle room where I don't think there's a whole lot of thought. It's just Ed Cohn's a very nice guy. He's a super strong guy. He is the greatest strength athlete of all time, you could say, without the context of, um, of cheating, I guess. But I personally do not consider himself to be the GOAT because of that. And it's like, it, it just is, it is really interesting because I think the fact that I think that way helps and hurts because it helps because then it makes you able to give opinions that not everyone has. Like not everyone believed the IPF was like the best federation initially. Mm-hmm. I had people text me um, who are coaches now who you definitely know who are like, like, thank you for making that video. That was totally on point. And it's like, there's part of me that thinks like you would be afraid to make that video. <laughs> yeah, I would have, I'm going to have to watch that video. Cause I, I actually, cause I'm kind of, I'm kind of ignorant to like the whole thing with Ed Cohen and the IPF because because for me, oh, my... I didn't make a video on that Cone thing, by the way, to be clear. Oh, okay. Just on the IPF. Like, oh, I made a video in 2014. See, oh, I'm saying they're connected. Okay. See, I'm saying this is where I would take the L. Like, your viewers will not agree with me on this, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But they will agree with me for in 2014 saying the IPF's the best federation. But I don't think they're even related. Like, I don't think the IPF should do their lifetime ban where they try to prevent all communication. Like, I think that's weird <laughs> mm-hmm. and authoritarian. It should not be how how the world operates. But it's the same thought process to just say your opinion. And look, I know it's awkward. I'm, I've am i seen Ed Cohn in person. Like, it, it could get weird. Like, it's just mm-hmm. like my opinions with, like, Ripito squat style early on. But it's like, if I believe it, it's just whatever's objectively true. Yeah. I think people who think more tribally kind of, it, it becomes, I mean, you've talked about this with Pug the Goat, where it's like, it, or Richard, <laughs> um, where it, <laughs> it makes it to where people kind of hold back because they want this like uniform community. But if you're too uniform, then all we're going to do is just like avoid our opinions. And I mm-hmm. think that's actually the worst thing for every sport possible. Yeah. Like no one says college football will be better if we talked about rankings less <laughs> yeah. and just accept. <laughs> oh yeah. Dude, no, we, we got, we, no, I'm all about making hot takes great again. Like we got to get those hot takes yeah. going. Like those hot takes are great. Those are certain things I think I said this with Russ before, where, where I think I believe I told him like, of some criticisms he was facing, um, after Raw Nationals or like during Raw Nationals with the squat depth, and he's like, oh, he's like, I really felt like most things were positive. I'm like, oh, that's because what's being said to you is in group chats and DMs and gym conversations. <laughs> I'm like, they're not telling you that. They're not. They're not going on King of the Lifts say i because I, w- I would call king lives probably the more the uh the more eyes are on that podcast as far as like a breakdown of the sport like they aren't saying a lifter's not going on king of the lifts and saying that like 
they thought your squat was high. Like they're saying that in group chats, they're saying <laughs> that they're saying that at the gym, they're saying that in the audience. They're saying that all around the place. I'm like, they're not you're never gonna hear about it really. But it is being said. It's like and we I would love those hot takes to be broadcasted. Like you saying Eddie Cohen's a cheater. It's like I don't know. I would I would like to argue more with that, like in my stance, because <laughs> I'm I'm just like I feel like everyone was like steroids was the norm in the sport. It's like we're the we're powerlifting in America is the only sport that uh, steroids were the norm, and the drug tested part was the weird part was like the new trend, if you will. Where every other sport in America, it's the exact opposite. <laughs> it's like. When when steroids happen in baseball, it's like this is horrible. This is a bad thing. And powerlifting, it's like we had to do the reverse history of baseball, if you will, <laughs> where we had to like kind of undo the steroid part and people being so open about the steroid part, where we had to make net and you know drug tested lifting the norm, if you will. Where in every other sport, the norm is don't take drugs or you're gonna get banned. And Ed Cohen was going in the in the the era of take drugs, you won't get banned. Era. Yeah, I guess the the question becomes: if he did not take drugs, what would have happened? Yeah. Like, where do you think he would have finished? And I guess I mean I guess it depends on too if you really think everybody was on drugs. Like, was Lamar Gant on drugs? Mm-hmm. He won like sixteen IPF worlds, and it was a smaller guy. So you could argue, well, that's just due to the fact that he's a smaller guy. Mm-hmm. But uh, I personally do not I, – I just – I think it's very easy to alleviate responsibility completely when a lot of times those eras really – like the culture of each era I – th- I think here's, here's my view. It's like the culture of each era depends on the drivers of that era. So it's like – it's kind of like with a Louis Simmons thing where people go, you know – because, like, I think the positive traits of Red Cone, by the way, have bled through the whole sport. Like, mm. the fact that he gives back a lot, and that he's very nice, and that he's you know, very knowledgeable, and things like that. It's like, that affects the sport. If he was not like that, the sport may not be like that. And yeah. I think we see that with um, with Ripito is a great example. Whereas, like, his personality is truly reflected in people who follow him. Where it's like, people have that high school football coach mentality, which has its ups and its downs. Um, and, and the same thing with Louis Simmons is I remember there was a time when I came up where people are like, well, you know, equips just the direction of the sport. That's the norm of the sport. They say the same thing about the steroids, but they go, well, equipment's just the norm of the sport. So, you know, how can you expect anything different? But then they would say that even when raw piloting started to exist. Yeah. And then as raw piloting was kind of getting more popular, they'd still say, well, equipped's just the norm of the sport. It's like, well, this is your choice right now and you're still doing it. Mm-hmm. Or it's like Westside going to meets on purpose where they're going to be bad judging and they're applying pressure so it's like it's not just the way the sport happened to go it's like you can also put pressure on like the moment you get caught twice you could be the one to stop (laughs) (laughs) you could get caught twice for steroids and not take it after that (laughs) couldn't you (laughs) and then isn't it good then that they catch people like it's a very just interesting twist of words to me um when people those same people are passionate about drug tested piloting today and they see it just as a a, a basically circumstance thing. Yeah. Oh it's yeah. Like, so should Ray Williams take steroids? Should yeah. Ray? I mean, if Kelly Brand got busted, other people have got busted, and he's doing something no one's ever done, he should just take steroids. Yeah. But it's like, it's, it's interesting because obviously we wouldn't co-sign it. Oh yeah. It, it, well, I think. I mean, I guess it, maybe it's just more options. Yeah. Well, I, I think you're seeing the education in the sport like progress a little bit, where I think yeah. 
when I first started, you know, it was, I mean, it, and I didn't start that long ago. It was whoever lifts the most weight is going to be remembered and they're going to have that legacy, you know, to build around them being a great powerlifter. It's like, that's how it is. And I think Ed Cohen falls in that same category. But now I think with the emergence of drug tested lifting, there's now like a different, there's, there's just a different um, classification. It's like people acknowledge that Ed Cohen. But there is, was drug tested back then. I mean, let's. Yeah, like, but it wasn't as. But it wasn't the. It wasn't the the top. Well, I, all right. Well, there was drug tested back then, but now it's. I think yeah, the premiere of the sport. It's it's. I think the center stage is drug tested lifting. If you're going to. Well, if, the, no, the center stage was drug tested back then. I mean, if anything, it was the opposite. There's no untested. Because remember, Lamar Gant won like 16 straight times. Uh, Ed Cohn competed IPF mm-hmm. and then got banned. And then untested was the smaller division. Yeah. So if untested was bigger and drug tested was smaller, then he just wouldn't have even had to. Like, you could argue he, quote unquote, had to cheat because it was just tested that was popular. Mm-hmm. And not. So the, the untested itself, I guess, in this argument, saves the drug tested, right? Yeah. Well, it's just there would be different classifications to it. You know what I mean? I think people now are starting to acknowledge the fact that there's people who you acknowledge as like the best drug tested lifter and the best untested lifter. And so I think it's a it's like um again I I I bring up a lot of baseball points like uh, analogies on this sport. I mean um on this podcast a lot. So I apologize if people don't watch baseball, but it's like it's like talking about the steroid era in baseball. It's like now there's a complete classification for people who played in the late 80s to early 2000s there's a complete like you have to acknowledge the fact that they might have been on steroids at that time and in this war too it's like you have to acknowledge the guys who are on steroids and the guys who are not on steroids and kind of put them in their different classification and i think now as a sport is growing yeah i have a question for you is how do we know the pressure to use steroids is different today than it was back then and let's do this. Is let's say because yes, there's untested, but now there's so many more lifters in the drug tested, so many more. Yeah. Um, that just holding tested versus tested, now there's more tested lifters than there was back then, even when basically everyone was drug tested, would they, or or near? Who's to say that someone? Because I mean, this is the type of pressure I get all the time, where they go, "Look, isn't it obvious that everyone beating you is is on something? Look at all the top guys. Like they're all on some shit. Like look, they look." broad as hell they're way bigger than you <laughs> they're way they, they could say it's about both of us like look they're they're just like these x frames while we're just you know fairly normal looking guys who happen to you know be strong in a few lists that mentality could be applied to us and then i mm-hmm. could cheat and i go well yeah because everyone's using it you really you, you really think ray williams is the first to squat a thousand pounds natty like no one's done it on steroids of course he's on like someone could say that no, yeah for the record that's not what i believe yeah but i that is the the point that that turns me off is I, 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 and this is just a difference in personality type probably is I would be the type where if I was in a situation like that, where it's obvious that there's a reason to believe I would have to cheat or I wouldn't win. I would just not win. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I think being honest is more important. Now, obviously some people really don't believe that, but my question to you is how do we know it's that much different now? How do we know it's not the norm to use now? To, the, nor- the norm to you. Like, well, how do you prevent that from, from extending to now? I would well. I would say this: the pressure is still there. It's still one of those things. I'd say it's progressively getting better, where people are acknowledging the drug-tested portion of the sport to be the 
the pinnacle of the sport, where people are actually looking at the sport and being like, okay, this drug-tested one, they have enough big lifts, they have enough, you know, this fierce competition. Do you think compliance is better? Do you, do you think compliance is better? I'm saying, how, how, why, do, why should we believe that, that that was the steroid era and now is not the steroid era? Like, what what basis is for that that now is not? Oh, I, I, well, I'm, I'm not really fully going to say that this isn't the steroid era. I think we're getting the progress of the non or the untested non-steroid era coming up. I just see the trends are pointing in the direction of non-tested yeah. lifting. I say there's yeah, there's still a heavy influence in steroids yeah. like that is currently being uh, utilized in the sport, and there's a pressure there, and there's a norm to some lifters. But it, like I'm saying, some lifters now. You know what I mean? Like in 2016 when I started the sport, it was like. It it was it was more the norm to take steroids, you know what I mean? It was it was a yeah. It, like let's say back then though, we're saying back then it wouldn't be the norm to say you're using steroids, right? So I mean, I guess my point is that without without some type of data where you're saying actual there was a certain amount of drug tests and a higher percentage test positive during the old school era, yeah, which may be true. I I don't, I don't know. Maybe a higher percentage tested positive with the same quality of tests than they do now. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that's true. And without knowing that's true, I'm saying, how do we not know? I mean, what if, if the thought is that back then it was just the norm, how do you prevent the thought that what if everybody who told 800 kilograms at 83 is on steroids? Mm-hmm. Like right now, what if all of them are taking something small in that, in that if, you, if you empathize with that reasoning back then, why wouldn't you apply it to yourself and then enable some use? Yeah, uh, that's, a, that's an interesting point. Yeah. Yeah, it's really hard to say. Like to me, to me, it's very clear that if someone uses, I would go, "Wow, that's horrible." I do actually. I mean, this is actually kind of funny. Is that like I do unfollow lifters who then you know, get busted a lot of times, and eventually, like if they if realistically, there is part of it where if they do well enough untested, you know, like yeah, okay, I'm a falling back. Like yeah. he's doing, he's doing, he's doing his thing. Well, but I, I have said in the past, I, I've made you know a, a, a few posts about this, or at least on my story, and you know, I've gone on a few like rants before on instagram and public settings especially with the show if you test in my opinion if you test positive in natural powerlifting it is seriously one of the most despicable things you can do in sports in my opinion because there's there's something to fall back on you could be the guy in the untested federation you know what i mean you can do that you can you still have this this um this fallback and in this sport it's really like you're just doing it because you cannot beat another guy. You're doing it solely based on you just can't fucking do it. And in other sports, I in, in other sports, I don't think it's as despicable because you're even talking about you know, if you're talking about if you use a baseball example, you're talking about the difference between forty thousand dollars you'd be making in the minor leagues and yeah, they get paid forty thousand dollars all year round. They have to get another job. Forty thousand dollars is, you know, not it's not not, not great money for person with a family then if they take steroids they could possibly be getting eight hundred thousand dollars a year and that's the lowest level like if you're talking about the lowest i'm not even talking that these guys are you know breaking home run records i'm saying just to get in the show just yeah. to smell the big leagues that makes more sense to me I'm like yep all right you know what that makes sense yeah. you're gonna be a millionaire it's life-changing so money in that, in that scenario so in that scenario if there is a lifter from a country like let's say the ecuador example let's say they're actually were not untested mm-hmm. lift uh federations that were that available and like there's strong incentives 
then would that make you less judgmental to them in that scenario? Possibly. Then less options. Of less. Yeah, hmm. I, I definitely see that. Because I, I definitely see, like, I, I personally agree with the professional sport aspect. I think that if it's at a point where it's going to better your family for generations to come, like where it's like, if we're talking millions, especially, I think then it certainly becomes more debatable. And I think you could have like a, a utilitarian argument. Yeah. If we, if we dare go there uh, for it. So yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I, I, I think that there are blurred lines at some point. Um, but yeah, I, I do think it's very interesting the way people would react very negatively now. But then I think if anybody gets busted, I mean, we see it with Gary Belkin also, um, and Jamal Browner, who, who I like now, um, uh, you know, I like in general, but uh, I mean, when he got busted, like both those guys got busted and I'm like, that matters. That matter. Like, I'm not going to pretend like this doesn't mm-hmm. matter, but you do see a lot of people truly act like it doesn't matter. And my concern is if people don't have any social repercussion, there's no punishment really in mm-hmm. just doing a different federation. Then yeah. what is the reason to even stay natty then? Yeah. Like if, if there's no social uh, shaming there, I say, yeah. you know, I, and obviously I'm not for shaming in general and all that, like any, any mean bullying or anything like that mm-hmm. or mob mentality, but there should be some level of care for that, of being like, okay, well, if this guy cheated, like at the very least, I'm like, what the, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> but instead, it's like, really people do get over it immediately. Oh, oh, Just like, yeah. oh okay. You got busted. Well, oh, they're all using it. Yeah. You're hundred, you're hundred percent right on that. And I, well, actually you say Kelly Michael Brandon, I think I bullied off the internet. I think I, I think I think he yeah, got bullied yeah. enough. I think he that that was a guy that it was it was relentless. It was a nonstop you know <laughs> social berating from him. It was like I actually made it, it one of the very he few... blocked me so early on. Dude. Yeah. No, what, what were you? He blocked me really early on. So I actually don't remember. I don't know when he actually did he get off of Instagram. Well, I mean, I don't. Then? Yeah, he didn't block. I mean, I didn't say anything really mean or anything. So he didn't block me. But I, I haven't seen anything. I just seen him go kind of quiet. I could, <laughs> yeah. I could search right now. And to be clear, by the way, I, yeah, see, see if he's up. Yeah, yeah I'm to gonna be clear. I didn't say, um, I didn't say anything like personal. I actually used it for a skit, which I think is like the funniest way to do it. Because I said that I said something that um, there was like a, it was in a, a scene of a video of mine where I'm in the car, and it was like I had like um, an effect where it's like a bunch of like pebbles flying in the air through the windshield as mm-hmm. you're driving. You know, something like Kelly Branton uh, planted Canada protein, like, throughout the air to, like, to turn off the air ventilators. So it's just something, like, it's just something joking about it. And it wasn't, like, because I definitely would not be, like, mean about it. Just be like, wow, this guy's a big cheater, like, in, in a mean way. Mm-hmm. Just a matter of fact. His handle was a great, great <laughs> way. North, it was, like, the juggernaut, right? Great White North juggernaut or something? What was his handle? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's right. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I'm searching Brand. Michael Brandon and Kelly Michael Brandon, and I, and I unfollowed him because there was real. But I don't see him. I didn't, I didn't make a meme that made fun of him, so there's no way he could have blocked me. He would have not known my existence. But one of the very few blog posts I did on Two White Lights was about him. Was about like what happened and the repercussions of it. Because I'm like, we're in a different time in this sport, or we're not. It's not a different time in the sport. It's just what the sport is. Where if you're say on Twitter and you're making fun of LeBron James. 99.9% chance LeBron James doesn't fucking read what you said. Like, yeah. he's LeBron James. He doesn't give a shit. It's like he's doing his own thing. He has He's way busier to go on Twitter and see all the mean shit that's said about him. And there's a lot. But in this sport, you see everything that people say about you. 
Like, and especially if they mention you, if there's a conversation, if, even if there's a meme that gets 40 comments, those guys read all 40 comments. Trust me. It, it exactly, they can't, they don't have enough going on in their lives to really ignore it. It's, it's new. It's like, it's such a, it's a very small population, but enough people could share those opinions where I'm like at a point where I'm like, okay, now it just seems like this complete bullying of the guy. Like where it seemed yeah. like he was actually like really upset about it. Like just not, not the bullying part, just finding out that he tested positive and just like this feeling, it seemed like he was really feeling guilty about it. And like to a point where he was really trying to save face. Sure. Oh yeah, where you where he was sure. trying. So, but <laughs> he's like, trying to take, he's trying to take my guy race. Yeah. Goddamn. Yeah. So like, strong D ball. It's just like, hey, you better feel a little bad about that. Yeah. So like, it felt like, like a... so like, there seemed to be like just some remorse there. <laughs> it's all good. It, but yeah. but there was some remorse there that he had. I'm like, so when when is enough to stop? Because it was like a week long of just yeah Canadian protein memes all over the place. So. Like, yeah, that what? actually reminds me exactly. There's a parallel situation with that. Is uh, do you remember with Chance Mitchell? Mm-hmm. Remember when everybody was bullying him for his comments on Steffi Cohen's deadlift? Yep. There was uh, the, yeah, about the deadlift bar. Like that was a time where um, you know, and I won't say anything private between us, but with Chance and I, where I think that kind of made us better friends in a lot of ways, because I was definitely on the side of like let's stop <laughs> like like for real because it's like the amount of like overdoing the jokes it was ridiculous like, oh, yeah. and there were some like really like fucked up memes oh, yeah. like like racially insensitive memes of like about like that and it was just getting like ridiculous to where it's like constant and it was like it is weird that you see because that actually started from a facebook post of mine and the weirdest part the part that does mess me up is like uh someone commented to make it public rather than private before any of this happened, I actually don't think even Chance knows this, and I, I didn't even know like that there was an ulterior motive to that because most of my Facebook posts at that time were private, and now I've deleted Facebook because uh, social media is evil. But anyways, <laughs> um, is so basically after that became public, then a lot of people, a lot of people are already taking like screenshots and stuff. And it's wild how you see something start from just like a really basic post, like literally it's just like wow, Steffi Cohen's deadlifts is like amazing, <laughs> and then <laughs> it just devolves into that like we disagree. So just two people disagree, and I totally disagreed with Chance on that. And then, but then people just tuck it out, and then they just ran it like crazy. I mean, it's like it is wild how you see that negative momentum can get. I mean, scary. Like oh, it's yeah. like it's scary how much people can bully one person and just keep it going to where mm-hmm. it's like, God, stop. And and luckily, when I posted something about like stop beating like a dead horse. A thing there was actually one person one troll account that follows me that was posting that and they stopped like they actually like delete their account it's like thank god like (laughs) seriously there's something wrong with like a certain uh subsect of people where it's like god damn well well, like just know when it's over yeah well here well here is another thing is um that larry wheel situation with his um ex-girlfriend where he was um accused of um uh domestic abuse and i'm not saying that larry wheel should have been dragged for that I was, like, I kind of on the argument side, like, I, you know, spoke my piece on it. But then I'm like, hey, guys, can you not use the female who is saying that Larry Wheels abused her in constant memes? Like, because that yeah. is a constant reminder of the, of the abuse that she suffered. Like, do you guys not yeah. understand this fucking, like, do you guys not understand? Well, like, I understand you're trying to be funny here, know, but... Like, for sure, like- 
Well, yeah, exactly. Well, I was like, yeah, but if it did happen and you use her face as like yeah. an abuse, like, because uh, it's a joke. Right. You're making a joke against Larry Wheels, which is like, okay, if all this is true, I'm positive she just doesn't constantly want to see like a clip of Family Guy and her being like superimposed right. onto just... the film. Like, sure, she'd be like, oh, yeah. not only was this whole situation that I gone through horrible. It's now a joke immediately, like uh, it's like it's like now yeah, a punchline of a joke. The way it's, yeah, the way everything, like even the reaction to that stuff, where it's like it's one thing to say, like, look, you know, you don't know what what the deal is going to be with with the various um, various things where there's really a lot of unknown, like on a literal level, um, like we just don't know. But mm-hmm. then it's like it is wild to see comments where it's like immediately, like, oh, I know what you're doing. Like you're just yeah. a gold digging, like then X Y Z, where it's like God, can't can't you even imagine? There's like a let's say a five percent chance you're wrong. Like just how much you can't leave that <laughs> type of comment. Like it is weird. Like the the minimal self reflection in some of these situations where it's like God, just imagine you're wrong, and yeah, then it, just looking back at that, and being like I did that. Like no. that should. Uh, that's the thing. Some sense of responsibility. Well, they're not going to because it's the internet. Like that's that's like always. Yeah. <laughs> that's always like the end of it. It's like no, they're not going to because they're inter- like it's on the internet and those people are extremely bored and that's what apparently what bored people do is the, I guess the fun thing is yeah. to be horribly like almost unbelievably mean. Like you would like no one is yeah. ever that mean in person yeah. like ever and because it's the internet it's like that's what you're able that's what people think they're able to do and yeah i just and we'll bring back to like our initial point of the like the public shaming of steroids i think kelly michael brandt might be the only guy to get that because you are right there isn't like a whole lot of shaming going on for people who are found cheating and as soon as they do something amazing people forget about it immediately it's like oh he just deadlifted this People don't even know the backstory. Right. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to collab with, I'm trying to collab with Jamal Browner mm-hmm. uh, pretty soon. So <laughs> yeah, well, and uh, like, like it is just like uh, yeah, and it's I, I guess you can't be, I don't know, like at a point, you can't be too critical. Of someone who made a mistake that's not the worst thing in the world, you know. Like I said, it's despicable doing this in a sport, but that doesn't mean you're above or you're not able to be forgiven you know like yeah. i agree it's a despicable yeah, act to cheat but you can definitely be forgiven like see what i think is weird though and this is this is actually something i'm very interested in your opinion on this just outright just just, just from the heart mm-hmm. does that does that get affected by the fact that all of these names have disputed it to my knowledge, because I, I think with like with Ed Cohn, there's uh, obviously the like, hey, this is just the norm of the times. Mm-hmm. With Kelly Branton, he straight up believes it's not due to him. I, I think. Um, I think he actually like disputed it somewhat. Uh, well, I think, he um, disputed it, but like, yeah. So he did dispute. He, he definitely. He said he never. Well, yeah, he used the Canadian protein supplements because I thought it was. Yeah. Is there multiple supplements? Which, by the way, no. We should be very careful because I, I have actually heard Canadian protein really is like 
cracking down, even on memes, like threatening legal letters. Oh, yeah. So, oh, no, yeah, we're clear, not. Like, we are not saying anything about Canada Protein. We're just recalling what Kelly Brand said. Yeah. We're, we're making no statement about Canadian Protein LLC. Yeah, it was, well, I mean, a horrible, like, the, I guess one of the worst things Kelly <laughs> Brand did is just completely throw them under the bus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was just, like, the test positive for, you know, Winstrol, D-Ball, and all those things that, you know, I don't, th- there's, no, like it's yeah, not. Yeah, it's a, but the, the thing is, this, this connects. It's not this connects to even with uh, with Jamal Brander's situation. Yeah. He also said that it's just he doesn't have enough money to fight it, and that's the only reason. Mm-hmm. So, how does that affect you? Like, if Ooh. if they just said, "Look, I was using, I got busted. I'm sorry. That was a mm-hmm. bad move." I I personally would always forgive that because I, yeah. I think there's no step other than just moving forward. Ooh. But when they do deny it, it is a weird situation where do I believe that? Do I believe that? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do I do I am I fine with that disagreement? Is it and it is possible, but I think I would look pretty stupid, especially to a YouTube audience, if I say, "Look, I think most guys are drug free," which I do, and then when they get busted, I accept their excuse. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> on principle. That is just well, not. I'm not going to live and die that way. <laughs> well, all right. So if I could speak on Jamal's case, I actually did not know this was a thing until I interviewed him for Two by Lights, and it was after I interviewed him because I was just always under the notion he was a USPA lifter. You know what I mean? Like, like I didn't know I didn't know he had a stint in the USAPL at all, actually. So, I had to do some research on that situation, and I just I really can't buy the what he tested positive for being in some sort of pre workout. I have been given evidence presented to me that you know it's like all right, maybe like I could believe his case to it, but you know I guess I'm just gonna err on the side of knowing supplements and this like kind of and knowing that it's pretty easy to take the safe supplements right. you know you got that informed choice label on it that key you can get that at rivalist.net shameless plug use code angelo 15 just uh just get, get that ad out of the way now all of our supplements have the informed choice uh label on it so if you guys you know are if you guys are scared of any drug tests we're good. You can just get your rival of supplements. But, like, just knowing what, how easy it is to make sure you're not taking tainted pre-workout, and I just, I, I, didn't, I didn't buy his excuse for it. So, yeah. or his, yeah. or his rationale to it, and then, you know, saying just he doesn't have enough money to fight it, again, I would have to hear his kind of, but, like, like, at a point, do you even want to fight it? You know what I mean? Is it just wasted? Is, is it just wasted energy? Does it really matter considering he's one of the best, you know, deadlifters in the world, the best yeah, deadlifter in the world, in my opinion? I mean, it's like, I don't know. Like, I would, I, I, I just doubt, you know, the the reasonings behind all of it. Yeah, yeah, and I, I do think, well, the kind of poetic justice to it is on some level, if you get way stronger afterwards. Yeah. It does show you didn't use that much. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it does help forgive because it's like, okay, now you're awesome. Like, you're doing way more. And, okay, yeah, you're definitely holding back. And, well, so, I mean, this could be, like, the like, the Lance Armstrong, um, you know, like, argument, too, where, like, Lance Armstrong, I think if he just didn't end up throwing everyone under the bus, he would, to- I think he would be totally forgiven. Of what happened. You know what I mean? But he threw everyone under the bus. And really, at the bare bones, if he's like, if early on, he's like, yes, I took performance enhancing drugs. It's common in cycling. 
people would because like how how much money he donate he got for cancer research is amazing. Like what he was able to accomplish mm-hmm. after yeah. being diagnosed with cancer or like two different types of cancer is amazing. But just the just the, his will to throw everyone under the bus and ruin try to ruin so many people's lives people are just like sorry dude we just can't really be on your side on this one it's hard to and uh, i could I, with like kelly michael branton's whole thing like I, I would say him throwing like an entire supplement company under the bus is a you know that's that's one thing i'm just like dude don't do that like just don't it, like there's no even if it i don't know even if it was true, like, I don't even know how you can make that sort of argument. Like, in his case. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> like, what, Jesus Christ, what are they tainting their supplements with? Come on, come on, man. Yeah. Like, have a better, yeah, have like, a better lie I, in, in, in store. You know what I mean? Have a better lie only, in the arsenal. Yeah, I think the only one that we all believe, at least with myself, is the Jesse Norris one. Yeah. Where it's like, that being a stimulant, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, it definitely makes sense. Um, yeah, look, and, and obviously his strength just has been steady. So yeah, I, I well, that. I had to, and that was for me. I had to look up his on the database, the USAPL drug database. I had to look mm-hmm. up what Jesse Norris tested positive for, because that was when the same time I found out what you know Jamal's backstory, and I had to find out what he tested positive for. So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I didn't know this one. This information was re- easily available to me. So that was kind of cool to just to see what was going on. But when I saw that, I was like, "Oh, he!" Because te- I was under, I was seriously under the notion for you know a year and a half of me powerlifting that he just tested positive for steroids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that because when you have no knowledge of things, that's what you think. You know what I mean? So yeah, go- it was really interesting because he he actually did have uh, a buddy of his who I won't say his name um, who. Took, he said he borrowed like the supplement from his buddy who also tested positive. And his buddy tested positive for the stimulant and then steroids, <laughs> which was interesting. So it's like you then end up borrowing a supplement from a guy on steroids, which is like a little yeah. bit strange. But then uh, other than that, there was no, uh, you know, there's nothing with him. And yeah, I definitely agree that it's like when it's a, when it's a stimulant, it is like it's rough because the fact that it just is going to come through the same. I guess, I mean, I guess the question is like, well, could it be possible that that happens to us ever? And it's like, yeah. it definitely feels like it's very unlikely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess it's possible. And it would be weird if it does where you're like, bro, what? Like now I'm in the same group. Cause most people are not going to look this stuff up very deeply. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, for sure. If you it's, test positive, it's the, that's, I mean, in this sport, it doesn't really, I mean, I could be used as a great example. Like I just knew Jamal and didn't know his backstory at all. You know what I mean? So, yeah. and I for for me, it would hurt me probably more than anyone. Literally, I, mm-hmm. I bet it would hurt my reputation more than any single person in power. Oh yeah. Oh I, oh. I think I am known as like the natty YouTuber yeah. guy who's like kind of relatable to this day. Like mm-hmm. I'm kind of, you know, like we were talking about, like that guy who's you know up there, but it's like you could kind of see yourself and me to some extent mm-hmm. for a lot of people. And it's like, yeah. they, could you just imagine if they find out I'm on Debo? Oh <laughs> god, yeah, that that would be that would be like seriously like uh, say it ain't so, Joe. Like in the the, the 20, 20, uh, 1918 like World Series fixing, that would be like that would be like a moment like all these like lifters like this. No, no, Johnny, say it ain't so. 
Dude, dude, after that moment, they would just be like, okay, Russ is for sure on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, it's like, like everyone, nobody's natural. <laughs> nobody's natty in this sport, but, uh, yeah, like, like, well, people just, because I was ignorant to a lot of those things, where people shoot first, ask questions later, where they, yeah. they don't know what people test positive for, yeah, and it would be the ultimate, for me at least, like, the Rafael Palmero situation, where I have never took steroids, period. And then he said that in the Supreme Court, and then like two years later, he tests positive for steroids. <laughs> and it's like it's like, and then, and then of course, Sports Center plays that clip. <laughs> like they couldn't play that clip enough in a week, just covering the whole the whole Rafael Palmero story. So me seeing all these things on a podcast on Instagram, it's like okay, that's gonna straight up blow up in your face if it does happen again. Like. You got kind of got to eat the bullet when, like, you're making yeah. those uh, strong, you know, those strong claims. Yeah, that's a lot like Asafa Powell was in track. Like, I think he actually headed an anti-drug like committee, and then eventually, I think he got busted with something. And like every like the Jamaican head coach at some point was either an endocrinologist or someone like even beyond that. Whereas mm-hmm. like it was literally like, Oh, I think he was actually uh, worked in pharmacy or something like that. <laughs> the Jamaican head coach where it's like, yeah, I, I think that's a little bit, a little bit strange, isn't it? <laughs> but uh, it's not like America hasn't, you know, American track has done that as much as probably anyone other than Russia. So it's just like Russia, America, Jamaica. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it yeah, it is really interesting. And really, in every sport, it is just like that, uh, you know, cultural norm thing. And I do want to be very clear about that kind of stuff that, you know, he's obviously on the Mount Rushmore, it, you know, the one of the most iconic, you know, pilots ever, if not the most iconic pilots ever, arguably. Um, and, yeah, I, I put him second on my GOAT list just due to that. I put Ray Williams above him. Because I think mm-hmm. the fact that Ray Williams has never tested positive while squatting 1,000 pounds for the first time ever, and then 1,000, maybe 100 so, yeah. Like to me, it's like that should be celebrated, and mm-hmm. people really should make. If, if I was Ray, I would make it a point to go like, "Look, I'm the, I'm the only one doing this type of stuff, who then never gets caught, never messes up like that." Well, I'll, I'll, actually, let me ask you this one because Mount Rushmore, we had a whole show on the Mount Rushmore of um, we did one for powerlifting, one for strength sports, including powerlifting in there. Um, I have Mark Henry as my definite uh, number one guy on. Uh, my Mount Rushmore, as far as strength athletes, he is the goat in my mind. Strength sports, Mark Henry owns it. So, um, but so I, on mine, I believe it was Ed Cohn, John Hack, Steffi Cohen, and I think I threw Mark Henry on there just because I had to because that's how much I think he's amazing. Um, but how how about Hack for that instance? Because he never tested. I mean, he never cheated yeah. in in yeah. any way. Um, but He's one of the guys who I look at as being the GOAT because he wins IPF Worlds. He was amazing in the USAPL. Then it's just like, okay, I'm going to do this now and do my own thing and be even better. Like, yeah. like is your did your opinion change on him? Because That's a good question. Because That's a good I... Question. Because, and again, this is the ignorance, I just, when I just started powerlifting and I found out who Hack was, I assumed that he tested positive. I think somebody told me that he tested positive in USAPL. Because <laughs> really? I think that's how, that's how ignorant people are in the sport. So, once I found out that he didn't, where I was like, wait, Hack? I think I was having a conversation with a friend, he's like, Hack never tested positive, he just, you know, 
did what he wanted to do. And he just moved on from it. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Because I think he's amazing regardless, but I think he's more amazing now. Yeah, yeah. I remember I remember hanging around him at 2016 Worlds, actually, when I commentated. And uh, it was, you could definitely tell, like, it was, it was just a very genuine thing. Like, he was, even at that meet, when we're hanging around in the hotel and stuff, like, hanging around with Joey, John, and myself, it was very weird. Like, it was, part of me does wonder if the social, if the social, um, reception was different if it would have been a little more different because what's funny is like this is actually really surreal it's like there was a moment where i was walking with john and then like someone went up to us right after john won worlds and then like wanted a picture with me or wanted to talk to me <laughs> like, john just Take that. won worlds and it was like it was it, actually this is another funny story john used to have um he used to have a picture of a retarded character now mentally handicapped whatever is politically correct and it's like, it, it's, I think, I don't know if it's the Tourette's guy. It's a famous skit, but that used to be his profile picture. And what's so funny is we were at, I, I was with Adam Palmer, who, you know, back when I liked him, the nine for nine media guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're talking and he had pictures of John at, I think it was at Worlds. And I remember what's funny is there's a picture of John and it did look good, but it looked, it looked like normal. Um, and it was him in like the, with the America headband and he kept on for a long time. I don't, he might still have it on now but anyways what was funny is it was like right at that time when he i think he had like probably like twenty thousand followers thirty thousand it's like he was starting to rise for sure and now he's more instagram followers than me um but it was it was funny because i i remember specifically i was like dude that picture looks really good like you should make that your profile picture and I was, I literally, I only said that because he had a retarded guy as his profile picture. I'm like, John, you gotta not do this. Like, you have so much potential. You can't look up your name and see with the big, thick glasses some character like that. Like, that, it's politi- politically incorrect and kind of weird. And like, like let's just move on from that. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then just get the regular picture. And then he was looking at it. He's like, oh, yeah, it looks pretty good. And I was just like, yes. Because <laughs> I just want to see people, you know, gain followers and do really well. Um, and yeah, that made me happy. And, and it does make me wonder if, I wonder if he had a hundred thousand or yeah, he's grown at a crazy rate, like a hundred, oh, yeah. 120,000. If he had like 120,000 followers at that meet, I wonder if it would have made the support feel different, but the in-person, I mean, like what we talked about with Russ at nationals, like John's really never had it to that level mm-hmm. just because in my opinion, just because he left a little bit early. Mm-hmm. So it's like he could, I mean, he did have some, you know, he's had some crazy support, like no, no denying that. Um, so he's had some of those, those experiences, but he didn't have the jumbotron catching up. Like a lot of ways he, I mean, he's the type of guy too, where you talk about legacy, where it's like, he's made just a huge impact by being at that pivotal point um, where it really took the sport off. So yeah, it, it does make me wonder if that would have made him more um, interested but it was, it was very clear at 2016 Worlds where he's like, I don't even know if I'm going to do nationals. Like, he did seem really, like, just disinterested. And in, in Joey, of course, you know, for obvious reasons, wanted him to. And I, I think it was a very genuine transition. Mm-hmm. Like, you could tell it was not because, like, of some, like, okay, secretly I'm running something or I'm going to for sure run something. Like, it was just genuinely, I think he just looked at it and was probably like, like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, that because I, I think it did come by, you know, pretty easily because he's just that good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as far as the conversation with John, I think it's very compelling. I mean, I, I, I think the one thing that maybe I'm overcorrecting for is I have had Jesse, I've said Jesse Norris is the goat at one point. 
since then, I, like I had Chad Wesley Smith tell me, he's like, well, he's got to win a few years. Like Ed Cohn's been doing this for, you know, 15 years. Um, and I didn't even say anything back about the drug testing. <laughs> just, just right back, but I could you. But no, it's a good point that, yeah, he's, he's been on top longer. But I was like, I, I mean, look, his ceiling is higher than anyone drug tested. Jesse Norris out-tested Lillibridge, one of the Lillibridges, the brothers, mm-hmm. um, who had wraps on, untested. So you're talking on steroids, deadlift bar, untested. And you're losing to the the best sleeved walkout hit depth stiff bar pooling lifter. To me, it was like to me that was unbelievable, mm-hmm. and like that was the obvious goat. And ever since then, it you know it's the longevity wasn't there. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I'm hesitating with John, where I'm like, he's doing strongman things now, and it's like I don't, I, I just don't know if I feel comfortable just with guys like Andre Milanachev, Ed Cohn, Lamar Gant. I, I don't, I don't know if I feel comfortable making this same mistake before it happens mm-hmm. so I, I think it's very obvious if john does everything like he can i think it's obvious he would be the goat yeah and his 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 ceiling right now is or his the how high he's reached is probably the best we've ever seen anyone oh yeah but um yeah, yeah it, it, it's that's a really tricky thing because and i think we've seen it with ray too where it's like it's funny how the longevity really matters like now people do view it differently oh, like yeah. ever since that post ray has Ever since that post where John, I don't, I don't know if he was fifth or excluded, where I put my greatest of all time list, uh, I put like Ray first, and ever since then it was like a curse on Ray. <laughs> it was like sharply right after that post. Yeah, well, well, that's a kind of the. Um, I, I would say it's it's actually nice to see the uh, how the sport is growing in the way of people debate. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like when because. This, this happens in other sports, too, where, you know, you get a guy, like, on hack, and he's like, the longevity isn't there yet because he just, you know, it, it can't be there. You know what I mean? He's just, he's, what, 28, 29 years old or something? So oh, it, he's younger, I believe. Oh, he's younger. Because I'm, I'm 28. John's younger than me. Okay, so. Like, I'm 28. I think he's, like, 25, 26. Okay, so he's, he's in his, yeah, so he's in his mid-20s. It's like, the longevity's not going to be there. The legacy's not yet going to be there. It's like, you're gonna, you're calling this guy, you know, the GOAT, and it's, he just not there yet just based on time like he can't he can't be there yet but you see i mean i think uh like you know you got like yuri belkin is kind of thrown into the mix too as far as the goat and then like if you don't if you're not relevant for like a little bit what i've noticed in this sport if you like don't do a meet in a long time people just completely forget about you <laughs> people just completely forget because i think that's happening with ray where he's not even being thrown in these conversations anymore and it's like if you would say that two years ago, people would be like, "You got to put Ray on your list, right?" Like, you got you, like you can't have a list of greatest of all time and not have Ray Williams at least considered on it. Now I think in 2020, you know, after bombing out of Worlds and you know Nationals, I, I think he didn't squat over 900. I believe did he squat yeah. over nine? He, no, he missed nine. You missed yeah, the, he, missed? he took nine as his third, and he missed. Nine, yeah. So. so after that. You know, people forget about you, and I think that's happening. I think that's happening with Ray currently. It's like, but are you going to negate all the insane things he did from twenty what sixteen, twenty fifteen to twenty eighteen? Like, really? Like that's that was a huge run, and he was considered yeah. one of the best of all time during that time. And I guess like that's the that's the uh, that's kind of the where we're at now, right? It's like 
we have this we have these like super high end debates that are kind of ho going on where people are actually understanding the lifters numbers and who they are as a lifter as far as what they've accomplished what the prestige is but then just completely forgetting about someone if they don't compete in a year yeah like they're, I, like I they're gone like, to, yeah i think that connects back to keeping enough incentives because yeah. it's like if, if you talk about if sheffield happened well, actually I, it is kind of ironic that that was this happened as Sheffield was coming up. Yeah. So I, maybe that, maybe I just, maybe I completely um, am wrong. Is because, I mean, Sheffield was coming up and that did not change Ray's priorities. Mm-hmm. It's just very interesting. Um, but it's like you see people as, as like that struggle to like, okay, so how do you hold it? And I do think, now this is from like a selfish perspective, I do think that's why controlling the narrative about yourself is so important. So I think it's like, I think that's where it is hard as a lifter without any form of media. Like you with this podcast, you're able to frame things in ways where you can go, okay, I believe this, I am this. And then if you say like, look, I am trying to total 800 kilograms. And if you do it, that's a huge deal. You're not someone where if you don't beat Russ, that's just a letdown. Yeah. And I think, I think some people, they, they don't make a clear, like my narrative is I'm going to total 1700. Like that is, and that is my main goal. And if I do, that's a huge success and that's it. So it's not just that, oh, I'm, I'm going from, you know, seventh best to fifth best. Yeah. Something. Like, it's like, there's a very clear story in, in that conclusion. I think that's what's, what's funny is in a, in a lot of ways, at least from, from my life perspective, it's like YouTube was always seen as like, okay, well, how long is this even going to exist? Never in my life would I have thought that actually being a strong power lifter has a shorter window and being <laughs> popular on YouTube, <laughs> but it completely is true. Like Omar has been popular forever. And like how many people have kept their strength as long as Omar has been popular. Yeah. yeah. Know, like, we have, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's a, yeah, that's an interesting point there. Um, I do see people, you know, jumping the gun on a lot of those things. I mean, it's even micro, even more micro than that. I, I mean, I, I, Atwood, you know, going through some of his struggles leading up to Sheffield, it's like, boom, all right, he's no longer the best in the world. Like, let's give the crown already to Ashton Rouska. Like, let's do it. Let's, like, it's, I'm like, well, come on, like, let's, let's wait a little bit, right? Let's, like, let's, let's wait till what Ashton does and what Atwood does, and then let's start, you know, I mean, we could have debates about good lift points, IFPF points, Wilkes points, all we want, because, I mean, actually, you want to talk about ceiling for GOAT. Rouska might might have a case there for a ceiling. I mean, yeah. I he himself would not consider him the goat right now. I know that for a yeah. fact. But that ceiling, when we start talking about multi multi uh, weight class champions, he could he could be that. He could be ninety three, yeah. one hundred five, possibly higher than one hundred five. Maybe yeah. if uh, he has a he has a great diet, eighty three. Maybe at seven. Oh, he was like the best eighty-three kg yeah, lifter when he was seventeen. So that's. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. I, I do think. Here's why I tell you, I don't think he'll ever be eighty-three. No, no, yeah, he's, he, yeah, he's trying to tell me that, like, if I gain twenty pounds, he's like, bro, you could fill out. I'm like, bro, look, not everyone. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen how some of us fill out. Like, we're not like, look, Bryce is your main competition. Yeah, you and Bryce, like, come on, you guys don't look the same. Like, I. <laughs> I would be more to the Bryce end of that. And, I mean, Bryce was a, has an extremely good bodybuilding foundation, too. Mm-hmm. Bryce Lewis does. Like, he's a very good bodybuilder. Yeah. 
he's still like it's not even close to the muscle mass that Ashton has. And yeah. Ashton, like he really like was like, oh dude, you could feel. It. Oh, you'd stay lean, trust me. It's like <laughs> no, I'm already I'm already less lean than him. It's like, now. It's, yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah, it remind us like sure, Ash, you were you were my body size and stronger than me at the age of seventeen. Like yeah. as it's I like, am a twenty-seven-year-old male, like yeah. <laughs> we're not the same, man. But I do think it connects back to what we were talking about with the culture of lifter first, powerlifter yeah. second. Like I think that could help him a lot because mm-hmm. it's like if a guy like Ashton gets injured, I think he would come back just fine. I think he oh, just yeah. linger yeah. around, mm-hmm. and then he'd be there. That might end up being the most important thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure with some of these other guys, especially. Like the more trendy anime, you know, <laughs> like that whole vibe. I don't know if that's well. There's got to be an gonna... anime episode about guy coming back from injury, right? That they could watch. <laughs> like they're they're good on that. They can. You don't like anime, right? I just say no because I don't. No, all right, so, <laughs> so no, I don't like anime. I'm not. All right, so here's why I'm not saying no. I don't like anime <laughs> is because I would have to watch anime for me to form an opinion on anime. For me not to like Netflix? it. If you have Netflix, oh, I have Netflix. I just I never watch anime. I have tried. Oh, you tried. Like so, so you don't yeah. like it. Me, I'm just like, I really yeah. don't feel like even trying to watch it. So, <laughs> yeah. like, I, do I like it? Maybe, probably not. Like, there's because because uh, Nico Flores plays the fucking music on all of his videos, and I'm just like, that's cool. I don't that's understand cool. how this sounds like motivating or inspiring or like high energy i'm like it just sounds like anime which it sounds stupid me describing the thing as the actual thing but it sounds like it sounds like a japanese schoolgirl's dancing oh wait i thought when you said plays the music i thought you meant he played oh no no he i was gonna say when you said he plays the music i thought instrument oh no 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 i I don't think you can unless you have like a computer like (laughs) but like he 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 plays in the background for his things like you know people would play metal or fucking or rock or hip-hop you play and i'm just like i don't think i'm gonna like this joe, joe stanick is a big he's my joe stanick tries to get me to you know he's like i think you'll like attack on titan i'm like uh, don't make me don't make me watch something and make fun of you for liking yeah. it i do you know i know is that do you, do you like juice world's music at all you like rap um <laughs> So Juice World is good, but I've made fun of Juice World to a lot of people at like my gym because I'm like, oh, that's what I like to listen to when I'm about to work out. De- a depressed teenager, <laughs> like a very melodramatic human being. I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to listen to when I'm trying to lo- lift weights. But he's you no, know, he's good though. He's he's good. I just like ripping on my friends for like yeah, for whatever World. it's worth. He was one that. Uh, he liked Attack of Titan. That was like the only reason I've ever heard of that mm-hmm. is that that rapper likes Attack of Titan. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. But what's funny is, I'll get uh, specific. There's one Jonathan Keiko recommended, and he put it on his, this is how I tried it, is he put it on his Instagram stories. like, dude, this is amazing, like to everyone. And it was it was a mute girl is the main one. So so people who like anime, I'm sure they know what I'm talking about because I don't know the title, but it was a mute girl, and it's very well-reviewed. It's like very well-known mute girl and something about like how she can't speak is in the title something like that mm-hmm. dude i watch it and i'm like I, I need to be careful with how i'm phrasing this i don't understand why little girls laughing is that appealing and how that's normal <laughs> like to watch i'm like watching this i'm like dude this literally feels creepy to watch i don't like <laughs> obviously people aren't watching it for that reason 
because it's like normal people I like watching this. It's it's definitely just something I don't get. I'm like, I, I don't even get how I could ever watch this. Like, I don't I don't think like, man, I wish I was in like eighth grade again. And like, yeah. what? <laughs> like no, no, I I well, all right. But here's here is the thing, though. Like when we start talking about anime and I start making fun of it because I never watched it, but I do obviously make fun of it quite a bit. But here's the thing. I can't be this guy, and I said it on the podcast before, I can't be this guy who thinks like anime is ridiculous and then also like professional wrestling as a 27-year-old male. I'm like, because some I could totally see someone watching professional wrestling and be like, Dude, what the fuck are you watching, that's dude? Me. It's like, it's like, it's like, yeah, what's, <laughs> it's like, what's happening? It's like, they're obviously acting right now. No, I mean, the, the choreographed, uh, I, I could go on a whole argument on, you know, the, the actual display of wrestling is a choreographed fight, which is what we watch in movies. Like that's, yeah. that's what we're doing. And it's, you know, and there's a form of martial art to it. But then when you get into like the other stuff, why I love wrestling, like the promos, like some of the different like segments that they do, it's like, all right, if I can understand someone watching wrestling, be like, what the hell is this? Yeah. This guy's just talking into a microphone, screaming at a at a, <laughs> at a at a monitor, and the crowd's going crazy. Like, okay, it's ridiculous. I get it. It's ridiculous, and I guess anime is ridiculous in my eyes. And then some other guys watching, you know, professional wrestling, being like, the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> The thing about anime that I don't get is, I, I what I need someone to explain to me is, are a lot of do a lot of them are a lot of them themed on these like schoolgirls because it's like it, it, that part oh. is oh the, oh yeah the over sexualization of uh, Japanese girls on those anime things are right. weird as it's hell. Like, I don't I like that to me is like where it's pushing it beyond <laughs> wrestling. It's like okay wrestling I get it like you're into that well, thing. Well, I'm, not, uh, oh. this, I'm like. There was Bro, a point, though, in on? wrestling, though, that they just, you know, overly sexualized the women to a point where it was ridiculous. So I but guess they looked like grown women. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they, well, I mean, they, they didn't look like grown women. They were grown women. So I guess yeah. <laughs> they yeah. were of age. Yeah, it, it's it, to me, the thing is, is like there was one character. <laughs> I know, I'm sure this is like the best uninformed video I ever, <laughs> ever, though. But it's like there's one character did this outro. Which was like uh, like a cutesy outro, and like the song was okay, so I'm like okay, like it looked fluid, so I'm like whatever. So I look it up, I look up like the character. The character is made to be 16, with yeah. like with like with like giant boobs. Where it's like, why? Why not make her 18? Like what? It's like seriously, what was what was the creative point of that? <laughs> I'm like, it's hard, it's hard for me to see that and go, you know what? This, uh, yeah, I should I should be more open minded to this. I'm like. Like I, I, I get though that a lot of anime is like fighting and yeah, Naruto. There we go. Not Naruto. Yeah, Dragon Ball Z was okay. Like that was the only one that that um yeah. I actually watched. And when show. I was a kid, like I I watched Dragon Ball Z kinda, yeah. but I just wasn't into it as much as I was other things. I don't know, man. It's I don't. It's Power weird thing is found a weird niche. It, the way they make it, the way some people, <laughs> I'm going like straight bigoted against the anime. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. This is the most anti yeah anime uh, podcast. Even though 95 percent of our guests to come on the show would talk about anime, yeah. 
in a the positive light. Yeah, Johnny did not. It, he's not my inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> like to me, what I don't understand is how they make it such a big percentage of their lives. Where it's like it is such a source of like. It reminds me a lot of the Thanos stuff. Where when that when I was coming out with Marvel, where it's like, oh my god, stop with the same references. Like at some point, oh. it's like it really felt like my feed. I lost my friends. Where well, it's like, God, can you just diversify? Well, <laughs> well when I talk, oh, uh, when uh, Danielle Mello was on the show, I compared powerlifters or certain type of powerlifters in the USAPL, primarily in the teen and junior divisions, to middle schoolers. <laughs> like you know how middle schoolers like if they see something really funny or they see something trendy, they overuse it so bad that they ruin it yeah. for everyone. Like it's no longer funny or entertaining because you guys ruined it. That's USAPL teens through juniors no. with Marvel and anime. Yeah. Like they yeah. like because I love the Marvel movies. I thought I thought the Avengers was great. Whatever. Then when I just saw all the fan art of like powerlifters also being Thanos and <laughs> the Avengers, I'm like, you guys ruining are ruining it for me. I'm like, I just I think like they this it for movie. themselves yeah. too. Because like, remember when it came out? I remember even Joey was like, "Well, that wasn't as good as I expected." It's like it never could have been as good as you expected. You made that thing a religion. Like oh, that wasn't Jesus in the flesh. Dude, that was not going to satisfy. Dude, me. <laughs> dude speaking of get, the very first Avengers movie. Titled The Avengers. I have never been more criticized by my friends and family by saying I didn't like it as much as... I'm like, I didn't think it was amazing. I said this exact words. I'm like, it was okay. Like, it wasn't amazing. I thought I thought as the, the series went on, like, the movies were very, very good. Um, especially Endgame and, like, the other thing. But, like, I remember the initial... Everyone's like, are you serious? You don't like that movie? I'm like, I didn't say I didn't like it. I'm like, it was good. I'm like... It wasn't like the Batman movie, The Dark Knight. Like it wasn't that good. And they're like, "Well, those are two different movies." I'm like, "Yeah, one's better than the other." <laughs> like, what are you? I'm like, "What are you talking about?" I'm like, "If I think one movie is better than the other, let me have that." I'm like, yeah. "I'm like, well, what are you?" I'm like, "All right, so are you guys mad at me for liking really good movies?" Because like I've yeah. always had like I like serious movies, I guess, or like movie like. Yeah. Scorsese movies, Tarantino movies. Those are my type of movies. Like, I really like those. I'm like, don't get mad at me if I like really good <laughs> movies that are critically acclaimed and have amazing actors and, like, really crazy storylines and plots. Like, yeah. just don't don't get mad at me for that. But I will say, though, I will say when I watched um, Infinity War, I was like, all right, I take back my Avengers like, kind of hates, because I called it, you know, a blockbuster cliche. I'm like, this is actually a pretty solid movie. And then once, yeah. you know, I got into the USAPL, I'm like, well, everyone really yeah, loves yeah. Marvel, huh? <laughs> to me, I have the weirdest um, thing that prevents me from even, I, I, I would say I personally just do not particularly enjoy any of them, like, that much. Like, I'd say I'm just a clean, like, 5 out of 10 on, like, every one of them. Because, like, I, it's just a block for me. Is like, I can't see real people in with CGI to that level and feel like it's integrated when there are Pixar movies that are just all 3D. <laughs> like, to me, it's like, isn't it obvious? Like, I would way rather see Moana where it's like everything is integrated than, like, just a guy with 
the Hulk. Like, it just, to me, it just looks so fake. It's like, this is yeah. your guy. Well, and then in this imaginary world, like, I just can't get over that. It's well, just the, like, bro. No, that's, that's like he, like, cause I'm not, that's I'm not Tim. a fan. That's I, Tim. He's a, yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a fan of those movies in those, in that, in that way either. Like, cause I'm, I'm like not really that big in action movies. You know what I mean? I like, the reason why I like the other ones, because I'm like, there's some pretty fucking good acting going on right now. Yeah. It's like, there's some, like, Did you like, re- did you like Inception? It was, it was good. I'll give it that. It was good. Not as great as, you know, I thought it was going to be. Because that was, like, peak Leonardo DiCaprio and Christopher Nolan. Like, mm-hmm. after yeah. Batman Dark Knight. So I'm like, alright. This is going to be yeah. fucking badass. And I watched it, I'm like, alright. It was good. I can't, I can't ever say it was, like you know, a bad movie. Like, it was, it was, the actors in the movie, you, you can't have a movie like that and have it bad with the amount of actors had in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. but, all I, right. I, loved I think, I think that was like, that in The Matrix, to me, are like, my type, for sure. I think Matrix is probably my favorite movie ever. And then, then Pixar movies. <laughs> Ma- Matrix is an action movie, though. That's a, ba- that's a pretty badass action movie. Yeah, because it's like it has the perfect amount of effects that are, I mean, obviously completely integrated. Like, I, I remember seeing how they made it, too, where they had a circle of cameras. Have you ever seen that? Oh, yeah. They had, well, like, a dude, circle of cameras. My, well, because we're, we're the same age, right? You're 28, yeah. I'm 27. Yeah. So, yeah, we're the same age. So, when Matrix came out, like, that was the movie to get on DVD. Like, I remember how obsessed my brother was with that movie. And then, like, it was actually cool watching the behind the scenes because that was not done before. And people forget about it. Like, people have forgot about, like, how, like, revolutionary the movie was with everything. But, yeah, the the Matrix was... I remember getting freaked out of that one scene, though, where Keanu Reeves' mouth, um, like, gets, like, stuck together. I think I probably forget it. But oh god, yeah. yeah that, when I was a kid, that, that scene freaked me out. I hated I, it. I've probably seen it. Though. Yeah, it was. Yeah, where he, I forgot what it was, but like his like mouth like got stuck together, and it, like, it, yeah, you could probably even look at it. It was. I don't know why that scared the shit out of me as a kid. Actually, even thinking about it, I remember being scared about it. You know, like those moments where you remember like the feeling you had when you were scared. Yeah. That scene, because I was, I had to be like seven. When that movie came out, <laughs> so seven or eight, so yeah, yeah, that reminds me. That's like one of the next steps when we're talking about like the future of you know, like what I want to do is like one of the things I really badly want to do is both learn Adobe After Effects, and then if I could, if I had like really a lot of time to allocate to creative stuff, learn. Uh, there's a program called Cinema 4D. Mm-hmm. Where it's like just to create 3D worlds, where it's like, and you could just do so many different things with it, where it's like surreal. I mean, that, that to me would be the coolest thing. Like, could you imagine if even just with YouTube stuff, but let alone lifting stuff, so if you could like really have these three, could imagine if you had like a zoom in of like Ray squatting the bar and then you could have almost like a Mortal Kombat zoom in on the bar where it's like grainy and you, and it's, it's like a CGI bar where it's like, you could just do something with like chalk dust, like particles fly, uh, flying off of it, where it's like, you could do so many like weird trippy things. But um, yeah, that's actually another thing where like Jeff Nippert and I are very similar where it's like we're both, I think we're both, now obviously he's like, you know, super popular. Um, it's like it's tricky to allocate your time to where it's like how can you learn something that's just going to take straight up like two years to learn mm-hmm. really well. Like, dude, it's crazy. The people who just have Adobe After Effects down well, 
um, it's like, dude, you could make like like fireballs in your hand, just <laughs> just put it there. And it's like, and it's really integrated. And I was like, I was listening to a tutorial where he's like, dude, it's not hard to do. You just okay, here's what you do. And he took a real footage from fire and then bending it to the fingers and then this and that and then adding joint. And I'm like, that looks insane. That looks harder than I thought. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be hard, and it looks even worse. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, that's pretty funny. Well, those would be some sick edits and some uh, USAPL vids, so. Yeah, be, the that. funniest thing is that with the way a lot of people think, they probably just use it for like Super Saiyan stuff. Oh, or yeah. whatever. It's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, Heather Connor just posted a video of her going yeah. Super Saiyan. Yeah, so <laughs> like, it, it was, <laughs> yeah, this is going to be mean, but it was so unoriginal that it happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like you said, Super Saiyan's like, yep, and it happened already, so, yep. But yeah. luckily I do actually think people are, are catching on. Cause like even in a group chat I have, um, with all young guys, like, uh, like, uh, Nick Manders, you know of him? The big yeah. Devil's oh yeah. No, you guys are beast. Yeah. Like even he, like, he, yeah, he's that kind of more of that young demographic that, uh, I feel like an old person saying it, but even he's just like, he linked that, like, I don't know if he did, but someone in that group chat linked that. And it's just like, Oh my God, like, come on. like, this is like let's move on yeah <laughs> like i think eventually when it, even the younger guys are like okay i've seen enough dragon ball z <laughs> I, I get it yeah um, well i, think I eventually mean we will have that turning point well i, I mean that uh, just when I, whenever i make memes post making fun of anime like i will seriously get people in my dms like not mad but like always trying to argue with me about anime yeah. like just saying like Oh God! I'm like guys. I'm making. I'm like you're, by you DMing me, you're proving my point. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're just you're 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 making me seem more right, which is the worst thing you could do in this situation. I'm like I'm saying, you guys are upset, mm. obsessed with anime to a point where it's annoying, and I made a meme making fun of you, mm. and then you got so and then he's like you had to DM me arguing the case for anime. Like you don't see the contradiction <laughs> there that you're playing right into my game. I'm like oh, whatever, guys. I wonder if it's just so complex. I have heard that there are like hundreds of episodes. Like it's like really long per series. Um, at least with Naruto, uh, however you say it, I always say it wrong. No, I say Naruto. I think I'm pronouncing it incorrectly on purpose, though. That's the thing. I, I think <laughs> I think I'm I think I'm upset a bunch of people by saying Naruto. A bunch of yeah. Doesn't that have like that has like 900 episodes I've heard or something like insane, like hundreds of episodes? That's and too it's much. Like, you gotta yeah, have an I end. can see. Well, see, that's the thing is, I think it's the sunk cost fallacy. It's like, bro, you put in so much time. It's as if you read the Bible like ten plus times through the whole front and back. At some point, you're gonna be like, dog, that this has to have some truth because I just wasted so much time. <laughs> Not wasted. Like, obviously, some people love it, but I'm just saying that it's like, I bet there is a connection to where when you really give yourself to something. That then it's like okay, I need other people to enjoy this because yeah, you're in too deep at that point. You're it's yeah. kind of like, I guess, how we are with powerlifting, where it's like, it would take a lot to then just go for USAPL, if they keep messing up, to then just go, uh, yeah, I guess I'm leaving the USAPL, because it's like, we've just, we've contextualized everything so much to it, to where you just go, oh, so we're just not doing nationals every year. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. Yeah. All right. We're approaching the three hour mark, so we're going to play word association, but here's the thing. On word association, we usually get into riffs. So word association, I give you a word, you're going to give me the first word that comes to mind. I give you the word? No. So, all right, I'm going to give you an example. Squat. First word that comes to mind. Bench. Everyone does this. Bench. Deadlift. <laughs> yeah, everyone does. So so that's, that's the example I usually use. Okay. So, first word, USAPL. IPF. 
IPF. Strict. Ray Williams. Strongest. Conjugate. Outdated. <laughs> I did love your rationale of, it's like, why don't raw lifters use, con- use conjugate? It's like, look at the top 10 through top 25 <laughs> in raw nationals in every single weight class. None of them use conjugate. <laughs> it's like guys there's a trend here right <laughs> it's like they're yeah, not using they're... conjugate for a reason but yeah i love that because i've i've uh coming from apf that federation yeah. like hearing them say like everyone's so resistant to do conjugate i'm like i think it's working that they're not using conjugate <laughs> the crazy part too is i saw someone someone comment to us on the nick wright video said well i think it's because everyone's just biased against it so they haven't tried it enough it's like if anything see i, I always think just like argument by argument, I think Mike T and Bryce Lewis both have ran conjugate. Yeah, most people in my uh, in our age range uh, who've been in pouting for a while, especially people five years older than us, they've ran conjugate. Like, if anything, conjugate would be significantly overrepresented due to yeah. a bias historically. Oh yeah, and then it's zero. Yeah. <laughs> it's both of those and zero. So. <laughs> 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 let alone like exercise science studies that you know like velocity being being very specific mm-hmm. and things like that <laughs> yeah let's not even go <laughs> all right piggybacking off that louis simmons oh man yeah man I to, i'm supposed to get off first thought right um oh man i, see, I was gonna say old but that feels disrespectful i mean i, really well, I mean he's just thinking old factually old yeah, um, <laughs> that disrespectful. Yeah, because I, 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 yeah, yeah, I, I like I, I really, yeah, I'll just leave it at old. He's he's factually old. That's that's totally. Yeah, just it, say old. Yeah, because yeah, he does come off as like an old guy mentality. Like even the way he talked about the documentary, how he'd be, um, he'd be a fighter today if it well, was because it's just. Like, I hated that. Change. I hated that scene. Oh, really? I can see that's where maybe, it. since I don't know anything about fighting. No, oh, me, no, it was this thing, like, he would have been a fighter today. Like, why wasn't he a fighter then? <laughs> like, he grew up in the 70s in Ohio. The only yeah. thing they produce in Ohio are factories, football players, and fighters. That's all <laughs> they produce in Ohio. <laughs> like, and he didn't fight. Like... I hate like if he was if he was around in the two thousands or born in the two thousands he would have definitely boxed like what <laughs> what are you talking about maybe well maybe what he's saying is like maybe it's because it would have been more countercultural because maybe other that would make no sense because but yeah, you're fighting now, now is <laughs> like I remember you're punching a guy in the face it's counterculture it's like it's, like it's all, boxing is always going to be the alternative. Always, mixed martial arts would be too. I hated, I hated that scene. But but there was something like there's something wholesome about the way he's saying like society moved on, like just as far as personality wise. Yeah, in like his more like uh, traditional masculinity in some way of like look, would you get shit done? You know, if you yeah. if you're fucked up, you just better lift. You know, I, I had knee surgery and I'm still squatting. You know, like that. There's something about that that was kind of folksy to me. So I'd yeah. say old includes both of those, oh, both oh, like the outdated part and yeah. the folksy part. Yeah. Well, watching West Side vs. the World, what, what I give, what I would give it, even though there's some things like in the documentary that, by a filmmaking standpoint, I'm like, that's kind of stupid. It shouldn't have been added in there. But yeah, there was like looking at the powerlifting of what it was and being like, oh, right, you know what? It kind of, it kind of motivated to train now. 
It was just yeah. cool to see. It yeah. was cool to see, like, dudes hanging out, drinking coffee, like, before the lifts. And like, okay, time to go to work and lifting. Like, very blue calorie. Yeah. Aspect I to love, it. Yeah, I do love that. Yeah. That, uh, I just love that, like, demographic of America. Just, like, the... Because mm-hmm. that's, like, what... Uh, with my belt squat. You know, yeah. So, <laughs> that I have a discount for. Just a belt squat salesman. It's, like, it's exactly that type of person. Where it's, like... And he doesn't even lift... He actually does lift in a uh, uh, different federation. With, like, equipped and stuff. So, it's yeah. exactly that personality type. And, like, everything's, like, homemade. You know, you can request something. And he'd just make it different for that. And it's, mm-hmm. like, I think that's so cool to just be, like, that self-made... Just kind of like that, kind of that hillbilly twang to it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, next one. Russ or he? Clout. That's fair. Sean Oriega. Uh, it, 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 I don't know if I could make it. Is hardworking one word? Yeah, that works. Yeah. You could do a phrase, too. Like yeah, I, I, I'd I, say hardworking. I think Sean's the hardest worker, um, maybe in Palatine. Yeah, I would say so too, especially the um, the coaching he does on top of that. It's really yeah. cool to see high-level lifters starting to realm out into, you know, branch out into coaching in such a – in doing it the right way. You know what I mean? Like, cause, yeah. all right, because there's a lot of high-level lifters who coach, but doing it the correct way of really being tedious about it and taking it super seriously, I think Sean right now is paving the way for that. It, it's cool to see. So. Yeah. Steroids. Illegal. That's what, actually, that is probably the first reason why I've never even considered it. It was funny, it's because my dad's a lawyer, and it's like, am I the only one who's just like, it is illegal, and I don't (laughs) particularly want to talk to people who are doing something illegal. Like, I don't want to befriend a drug dealer. Mm -hmm. I just would prefer not to. (laughs) Yeah. But obviously, the health reasons are still, you know, now they're probably the number one reason. But I think it's funny just how little that's emphasized. It's like I just, mm-hmm. I just do not want to commit those crimes. I mean, it's a felony. Mm-hmm. I actually do know. Of, by the way, I know someone who went to the gym I go to. That's totally a commercial gym. Who uh, knew my dad? Who's just like a random, like a friend, like for a long time, and a younger guy than my dad by a lot. And he got busted, busted, like for real. Like he got serious uh, crimes against him, <laughs> like because like, they they plotted on him, like undercover. Oh yeah. And they just, oh, like, it, like it's like oh you can yeah. get screwed. <laughs> yeah, that. Happened uh, in Illinois, powerlifting gym. <laughs> so can't really don't want to name the names. I don't know the specifics, but I think it was more than steroids. But uh, steroids was it a part of it. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, more. That's yeah. why illegal makes sense because it's like a lot of times it really is a relationship where it's. I've even told some people that it's like, in a lot of ways, there's more cultural connection between. Uh, you know, let's say the extreme end of steroid use and other drug users than there is between untested and tested powerlifting yep. sometimes. Now, obviously, the guys like like Hack, the guys like Hack and Belkin, they're, they're totally different. Like the guys who use like the minimal amount needed. But some of those guys who go hard, I mean, you listen to their life stories and it's like it's almost more likely that they would also have done heroin at some point or cocaine at some point than it is likely that they would have done a USAPL at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> with nobody, truly, with nobody in particular, because they're especially with the cocaine. I've heard multiple, yeah, <laughs> yeah, meets, I've heard. Well, yeah, the, the cocaine part is one of those. Uh, <laughs> cocaine, <laughs> cocaine is like the sign of like all your maturity or like your immaturity or like your innocence being lost when like you see like your friend like start doing a line. You're like. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, what's happened? Where am I? 
And then you like start questioning everyone around, like, wait, is are, does everyone here take cocaine? Like, what is wrong with you people? Like, yeah, that's that. Uh, it, I was 25 years old when that happened, where I was like, I just realized I'm like, oh, I've been like, like my innocence. Like, it felt like a moment of like my innocence is gone. Like, you're just talking to your friend, and then you see like him just like break out a line. And you're like, what the f- what what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like we're and like the fact that some people could do that without looking up the effects, like that is something I yeah. never relate to. Like I'd always look up, like okay, so there's a few uses, okay, when it comes to heart health or no long term effects, as long as it's once a month or less, then okay. Like I could see an argument being made, but the people who do stuff without even looking it up, like it's it's like um, uh, I won't say the name, but it was like one of the prominent powerlifters who's you know made a ton of money in the sport, like mentioned when he uses testosterone, like he said early on when he used either test or maybe it was something more serious he like wouldn't even track the amount like literally wouldn't track the amount that he was injecting i'm like what <laughs> are you serious like I, I can't even imagine not tracking my weekly volume ever <laughs> and this guy is changing his body with just no care like it just that is a, a, a mentality that i could never relate to all right yeah yeah that's 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 crazy um and it makes sense so you can't really relate to it usba Man, no, that's, that's tough. Like, I don't even... USPA. Competitive. Let's see. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I had to ask that. Alternative. I gotta go yin to the yang. You're the USAPL guy. You gotta go USPA. You gotta get the, the yang on that. Yeah, see, I, I think the USA, USPA is very good. See, I yeah. really look up to US, USPA because I'm so familiar with being called a bitch for arguing about depth. Like, I've been called, like, a weak pussy so many times in my life. I've, I mean, literally, by people like a mitt Sapir. I used to squat high all the time in these other federations yeah. and he's like, Oh, you're a weak pussy. And like, and everybody would make fun of me. And I'm like, okay, but it was still high. You know what the very, you know what the ironic thing is though? The, the new depth police is Garrett fear, the USPA poster boy. <laughs> so it's like, what, what happened? <laughs> Where did the no, term well, happen? No, the thing is, I mean, was never USPA though. So that's what I'm saying. It's oh. like USPA has always been the good guy in my eyes. Oh, okay. See, that's the thing. It's like, I've, I've seen, I remember the era before the USPA to where to me, the USPA is truly a blessing to politics. Because yeah. I think, Oh no, I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. 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 Cause it, it's more like the R, RPS, things like RPS, that. Like um, IRL. Oh, like, uh, that's the problem. Yeah. Like those militia, like the one, the times where they like don't have a professional sounding name. It's yeah. like always yeah. the ones where like, okay, there's probably, there's probably going to be some shitty ass calls here. So, yeah. um, Equipped. Dead. How about single ply? Still dead. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I always, I always had a very like, I always had a very high respect for single ply lifting. Yeah. Yeah. Multi. I, I, I mean, multi. I'm not gonna say I'm, I don't respect multi. Well, the one thing though, the multi ply, that I'm on like their argument side of things is like. You're never being compared to raw lifters anyway, so it's like you're only like they're in their own little world of yeah. records and competing. It's like let's let them be, <laughs> like let them have their fun. Who gives a shit if their squats are high? It's like they're competing against other guys who are squatting high. It's like they're, they're in my opinion, they're not even the same world anymore as like yeah, now. Again, powerlifting. I think that's the benefit of of now because it's like that. I think you were right after probably fairly well after since like 2016 was when yeah. you really started like there was definitely a time where it, it's it really is hard to relate to if you don't feel it in your soul where it's like 
I grew up watching, like when I was in college, I'm watching. I had my high school track coach show me multi-ply lifters, by the way. And it made sense for speed work. Actually, it does make sense. But he was like hyping up Laura Sweat, hyping up, uh, who's uh, equipped to lift her, hyping up these people. And I'm like, I'm I'm just seeing that just going like, oh, I think that's a little bullshit to me. Like, I remember just thinking (laughs) that right away. And then you see videos with like Kelly Stratton, Mark Bell, and then you'd be like, yeah, I bench 800 pounds. And he's just like, wait, what? Like, like shocked. It was one of those like that. And then squat a thousand pounds. And he's saying that like to CrossFitters. And they're like, whoa, wow. And and it's just the, the, the carelessness to just go, and that's equipped. So I'm not talking about what you do. I'm saying this is different. It's like there was truly yeah. no effort to do that because it was about marketing. Yeah. And the level of like, drive that that gave a, a young johnny <laughs> I, I see that i'm just like i'm just like i need to change this <laughs> yeah like this yeah. this is upsetting to me <laughs> yeah i mean that's uh that's that's probably I, I actually think you've done a decent job with that too because again like with me me coming up in the sport and just immediately kind of knowing like i i really didn't know the differences between division but just knowing that i'm watching something completely different than raw lifting. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, okay, I know like what's totally like, fine. Yeah. What's up? Yeah. Now the funny thing is now it's totally fine. And the, the funny thing is a lot of people position Louie in a way that he would never position himself. Yeah. What they say is, well, doesn't Louie have a point for his section of the, of the practice community just based on his views. It's like Louie says absolute shit all the time. He says mm-hmm. like, if you're not using steroids, you're not taking it that seriously. Like, yeah. He said that he says they have posts where they say, you are not quad dominant. Your hamstrings are weak. You don't know that. Like you're just saying stuff. that's just like some, some random shit, like some rules. And the irony is, I think it is like, it, it is like the story that often happens where the smarter side is so careful to self critique that then it kind of doesn't take a stand and ironically, like lets this live within it. Like obviously you shouldn't you know try to destroy it or anything negative, but it's like, not really opposing it that strongly because you go, well, you know, I could see a use of conjugate. Like I know a lot of IPF guys who go like, well, you know, you could adjust it with five by fives. It's like, well, then it's not something Louie yeah. would recommend ever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was, uh, yeah, what else was I going to say? Yeah. There was something, it, it, yeah, it just is a, a weird thing where it's like, it's its own different world. And um, I think it was never going to put a cap on itself. Like it was always going to try to expand itself as much as possible. And then, video cameras and everything yeah <laughs> it just completely brought it back yeah well i mean um, it was um i would say i would agree with your word association uh word that you picked dead because like i just with the arguments i get into with multiply guys because you know apf is in, is very strong in illinois so you do get a lot of that and you do get an occasional arguments and debates with it it's like i i can't see you guys convincing a 17 year old to just be a multi-ply lifter. You know what I mean? Like, I can't see that happening. I'm like, I, like, if they have a phone, you probably already lost them. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, you already lost them to, to Instagram powerlifting anyway. And they're not, and you're not seeing a whole lot of that, or YouTube at least. Like, you're not, you're not, and you're not seeing a whole lot of multi-ply lifting. Um, yeah, what they should have done is they should have rewritten the rules. Seriously, just make squat depth different. Yeah, I mean, you can argue. You can make an argument for any squat depth. Like, there's nothing. Well, that's what that's what that's what I said. Like to to people who are being overly critical of multiply. I'm like, are are you guys actually like? No one is. No one is. No one can name really good multiply lifters anymore. The guys that you can name are guys who were good like seven years ago, who are still currently good. 
There's not like, look at this guy. He's breaking on the scene as a multi-play lifter. <laughs> like, if, if, if Daniel Bell decides to, then <laughs> that'll be the guy. But he's, you know, he, he's, a, he's a beast in every sort of way, and he built his name through Raw Classic and Raw Lifting. So, like, <laughs> but it, there's no guy coming on the scene like he's, the you know, th- this phenom of multi-ply lifting. It's Dave Hoff. It's... All the all the fucking people you've heard before, you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's it's so it's like you're 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 referencing guys who were beasts in 2014, and now they're still beasts in your sport. So it's like just let them be. Like yeah, they're not really sitting they're point. not sitting there calling out Yuri Belkin. They're not calling yeah. out you know the Little Bridges. They're not calling out all these people. Like how big of a beast they are compared to them. They're just in their own little fucking thing. They could believe that they're the strongest people in the world. That's fine. Let them. You can let them believe anything, man. Well, I will add that. See, with that, it comes down as far as the strongest in the world. That's where it comes down to if they bring that to YouTube. At least for me, because mm-hmm. um, you know it's funny. It's actually one of the motivations for my video that is like you know, the most popular video I've ever done, which is the how to squat video. One of the motives, one of the biggest motivations specifically, it was like I saw it and then got motivated was the "So You Think You Can Squat" by Dave Tate. Mm-hmm. Um. And because it was teaching everybody to squat like a box squatter, to, to squat on a box, and to squat with your hips back, really wide stance, and it was for everyone, for mm-hmm. athletes, and for everyone. And it was like, and, and it was like a big. What I thought was really funny is like some of the claims were. By the way, Westside is pretty good for athletes. Let's, yeah. Let's be clear that. But one of the claims was, you know, so many athletes are quad dominant and have you know weak hamstrings. And I remember like the first thought, like if you're just a pretty logical guy and you don't know that much. Your first thought should be, huh, isn't that strange that most athletes have a different strength than what we're demanding of them? Like, maybe that's a sign of the demands of their sport. Yeah. <laughs> like, that should be the very first thought should be, oh, so most athletes are more quad dominant. Maybe that's how to be the best athlete possible for whatever sport they're talking about. Yeah. But um, I do think, I do think, yeah, if they, I, I totally agree with your, with your perspective is exactly like how I have, where it's, if it affects how people actually train and how people outside of the sport view it, um, then it becomes something to really talk about. So yeah. it's like the "So You Think You Can Squat" was the most like viewed video, and then you know I made my video, which um, it got like two million views. I'm not saying, <laughs> but um, it did really well, and it was like that was the reason. And it's like what's funny is I, I eventually I will make another how to squat video. I'm sure. Um, but you, you've noticed that like, I, if you watch my YouTube channel, is that like, I don't really rehash the same topics like that. Cause it's like, to me, it really is not, I know I would get a lot of views if I made how to squat again. Yeah. Uh, this time in HD. Um, maybe I would do it if I could do something creative and different, like a playlist, but with unlisted videos, something like cool to where it's like, boom, boom, something different. Um, but other than that, it's like, it's, if it's not a problem, I'm not going to do it. Like I had a video about a uh, ripito about hip drive and for this period, it got 150,000 views, something like that. And I made it while I was in college, by the way, while people were making fun of me for talking too loud in a library room. Like, literally, I could hear people making fun of me, and I'm just like, bitch, I'm going to get this clown. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see. <laughs> just, I just leave with, like, a hoodie over my <laughs> You'll see later. <laughs> all, all of but, uh, you are going to hear the USAPL soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but anyways, um, I actually made that video unlisted and made it private. I still actually could make it public again. But um, basically, the issue was, first of all, some of the points were not made particularly great because I was like, 
you know, like 19 or 20. Mm-hmm. So like there's certain points that I, I, I agree totally with my end point of view, but I said it kind of weird and kind of, some points were wrong. But anyways, the point is the moment it's not needed, it, it doesn't have to be up. Like, yeah. and, and I'm definitely not the type where like, I'm not the type to like, let's not make fun of Ripito now. Like, I actually think, you know, in the end of the day, he's had an incredibly positive impact. Um, I think the Ripito era was really before your time, right? Like, like I've heard of him, but yeah, like any, any sort of like powerlifter who isn't named Ray Williams, really, like kind of like, oh, when I started, like kind of goes over my head a little bit. Yeah, it's just like, like he was really the, I mean, he's the, the coach's coach type of guy, like the, the type where during that era, it was like everybody, it was weird because everybody went from squatting really high, like uh, West Side style, and then everybody started hitting depth and squatting really head down, you know, their hips like shooting back, and it was like, it was the cues, and, and technically we actually agreed, and it was one of those things, but then his video that got super popular, it was like a kid squats normally, he's like, hold on, hold on, hold on, bring those hips up. Up, up and back <laughs> oh like, and like the way yeah. he was showing it was it was like there was nothing because his whole point was you don't want your knees to shift forward but in the first example his knees were fine it was just a down and up regular good squat and they basically taught it like all fucked up and then i think at the end of like the dvd he brings it normal i, I think <laughs> but the point is like that was the viral video and it is it was very commonly misunderstood so then i'm like like okay and i made that video on it and then it is funny though that after that, it's like, look, I, I want to make a video with Ripito. Like, I would love to collaborate with, with. I would love. To, I don't know if Louis. Yeah, Louis. I, actually, I would not even risk it. I think there's too no, much. There's no way <laughs> there's he would do much. it anyway. So. Yeah, but Ripito, I think we would, and we actually not to like put in a loaded thing here at the very end, but he was one who agreed with the transgender rule as far as USAPL, and that was a funny moment where it's like, okay, well, we both are on the same side on this. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So. <laughs> All right, well, you know, that's going to do it for Word Association. Um, thank you for coming on Two White Lights, man. This was, this was like, the best Two White Lights. Oh, thank you. Is this the longest one, by the way? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's going to have to separate into a few episodes. So oh, awesome. um, I'll, awesome. I'll be hitting the editing. But, like, this kind of – it's been so long waiting for you to come on the show. I think the most yeah. appropriate thing is to get literally everything off our chest about powerlifting and we didn't even really scratch yeah. the surface of all the shit we could have talked about so right. but um I yeah forever what's up <laughs> i could talk forever like that is oh yeah man. one thing yeah that's like, i mean that's why i got yeah. a podcast is so yeah, I we can... should do it again sometime oh fuck yeah man oh we're gonna we're gonna get deeper into either word association or fuck Mary kill because i gave you the diet yeah. <laughs> i gave you the diet word yeah. association man this can get more complex so yeah did, yeah what, what's funny is there was one time where i was lifting at project strength which is a, a pouncing gym in, in texas and a guy who um i'm a good friend with there's one time where we were both in the gym at 9 a.m and i kid you not we literally talked for nine hours was it hold <laughs> about, on was it kyle no it's kyle not anyone you know oh, okay it's not anyone it's a it's a guy who's uh a computer science guy okay. he's a barbell medicine client and he's really like, he's just really knowledgeable guy and we're we were just going back and forth and he, you know, he's very familiar with a lot of uh, pain science studies and some of which I didn't know. Yeah. Like, like, did you know a side, a side plank with your arm out um, was like statistically significant, reducing pain. Like it's just like those random facts, but we talked for nine hours. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it was like, bro, like I literally was like, I had rashes in my, like urine was like 
fucked up. Like, it's, it's a problem. But, uh, yeah, so my point being, I can go for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah long, long story short, you could talk. But, yeah, again, yeah, this is, yeah, this is, this is going to bring a, a lot of listeners a lot of joy because it's it's been a long time coming. A lot of people wanting on the show, and we gave them a whole lot of episode about a whole yeah. lot of things that powerlifters like talking about and like hearing about. So, again, thanks for coming on the show, man. And we'll see you guys next week. Peace.